practically every one of the top 40 records being played on every radio station in the United States is a communication to the children to take a trip, to cop out, to groove. The psychedelic checkers on the record albums have their own This is a special question. We don't want you to smoke genetically modified ganja. We want you to smoke the real thing. We want you to smoke the natural herb. Some call it marijuana. Some call it sensimedia. Some call it lamb's bread. And some people call it ganja. Welcome to the Adam Dunn Show. I'm your host, Adam Dunn. And there I am smoking on a fucking electric pipe. Mm-hmm. Got to get used to it, too, because I'm learning all the hacks now. I got to get a new top. Uh, welcome back to the show. We had a week off, thanks to MTI. Yep. I was in. I was cooking my insides in uh, uh, Arizona over there. It was so hot. Yeah, those places are unbearable. <laughs> Sometimes you're like, <laughs> how do people do it? I don't know. I like it, man. I, I really do like the heat. As I get older, I like. I'm mad that it's like as cold as it is now in Colorado right now, in the morning. <laughs> yeah, so it's it is definitely uh, weird how it attracts old people. They just get, the older you get. <laughs> it is true. Yeah. The older you get, the more you go like, I want to be cooking. Yeah. Keep everything flowing. I guess is what maybe it's about. I don't know. There's something weird, but it is definitely a natural instinct to uh, get as hot as possible. Yes. Um, so yeah, you were gone. I was, I, I felt guilty, dude. I was in the park with my, with my kid and just feeling just a hundred percent guilty. Like should be on right now. Oh yeah. Be on. I ended up <laughs> doing a Nerf war, Nerf war with the kids, all the kids that were in the park. Literally it was every kid against me in the park. Oh wow. Nice dude. And then like coincidentally the next day or day, I think, yeah, it was the day after that and I threw my back out. So I was like, oh no. and then since then I've been just fucked. I had like a sciatic nerve or something and I yeah. couldn't lift my leg and I yeah, was totally, and it was like nerf war and, and it was funny too. Uh, not any sound it says. What's going on? No sound? Uh-oh. No sound. I, see, I hear, I see one no sound though. That's there we go. There's the sound now. Jesus. Jeez. So the whole thing has been not nothing? Yes. My wow. bad. Welcome to the Adam Dunn Show. I'm your host Adam Dunn. I've been on the air with my amateur guy named MTI. I can, now I can make yeah, fun of you right. officially. You've been uh, gone a week. Yeah. Jeez. You can just, like, it's all about t- tearing, tearing into, that's it. You're, uh, it officially has ruined your career pretty much yeah. at that point. I'm done. Yeah. You're now, and, and coincidentally enough, uh, the kid is coming in next week secretly. Oh, yeah? Yeah. It's not secret anymore, but what was secret? Uh, welcome to the show. I'm sorry, guys. Uh, Got some good footage there of me t- jibber jabbering. Jibber and jabbering. Take another dab. I had some good jab jibbers and jabbers. Dabs. Yeah, I'll do another dab. But I guess so now I owe I owe sound more sound than, than more dabs. sound than normal. So yeah, we were just talking about how uh, we were off last week. Yes, we were off last week. Thanks to the MTI, he went and got cooked down there. Tell us how hot it was. What was the record? It was well. It was bet- it was between 100 and 115 the whole time I was there. It, it got cooler as the days went on, but it started out at like 115 when i got there and uh 1 obviously like midday like one o'clock between 12 and one right, right 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 yeah nobody outside obviously yeah when i showed up at the airport at like 11 at night it was still 90 degrees outside yeah that's when it kind of gets <laughs> to you it's like when you can't when you're like overnight you're like holy yeah shit. see that's yeah that's when it gets to me like if i can't sleep 
like if it's too hot, I can't sleep. Yeah, that's just it. So uh, I was, I guess I was saying. See, now I have to remember all the, all the incredible things I was. I said so many good things. No, I was literally saying I I, would, I was felt guilty for not being on the show last week. Blaming it all on you, of course. Of now course. and now everything's all you know, now. Everything. You you've got a lot a long way up now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's why you never pay people. That's the most number one that's thing. That's right. Yeah. The minute you pay them, they turn into shit. <laughs> they yeah. collapse under their own Look weight. Like Carmelo Anthony. Oh my gosh, I should have kept them hungry. Right. Sorry, Mark, for giving you cash the yeah. other day. That's wasn't much. Bad. Wasn't much, but it was enough to just ruin ruin your I'm, entire career. I'm over. I hope it was. Wor- I hope that was worth it. Um, but uh, no, I was saying how I felt kind of guilty, but I was also in the park with my kids, so I can't really say I felt guilty. But I also had a Nerf war. And it was started off with my kid running home to get every Nerf gun he had, and then another kid going home and getting every Nerf gun he had. And then it was like, I don't know, it wasn't that many, but it was probably like 12 kids or something like that. And there were all age groups and all like, you know, we had, we live right on the kind of on the edge yeah. of uh, Five Points, which is like, you know, it's not the ghetto by any means, no. but it's definitely a whole different class of kids. So we have like kids there that are like, 13 hanging out with nine-year-olds you're like okay that's it's already weird right? right so you're like a little old and then their nerf wars are getting a little getting a little crazy like guns two inches from each other's face and I was like, it, so i had to like step in as dad you know right yeah make sure it didn't get a little out of control but then it kind of it hurt me it was one of those the next day i was <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't the nerfs it was the twisting and winding and then i ended up i was i was trim i went to my mom's place and i was trimming one plant sitting on a bucket leaned forward to just grab a little lower branch and it was like uh, i felt it and i was like yeah. oh no yeah and that was like the getting old thing so now i realized it's funny too because i just i'm like are you fucking kidding me it's literally like your car warranty <laughs> what they know exactly they're like oh yeah you'll be driving about that much and right about that date which is coincidentally the date your shit runs out right. <laughs> is the day the whole thing just starts going. Anyway, yeah, I threw my back out. Bummer, man. Sciatic nerve thingy. Couldn't lift my leg. Oh, no, yeah. Dragging my leg into the car. Yep. Like, that's how sad it was. Yeah. It was the classic where I was like, oh, no. it's all, I'm, I'm that. Th- and I'm still there. Like, I still get these little twitches and shit. But for, the, like, the last four since Saturday, so Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Monday, yeah, about five days, six days, it, in the certain point it was just like yeah literally had to lift my leg up put it in the car damn <laughs> not good so yeah, anyway good, nerfs kill nerfs yeah they do nerfs are nerfs are way more <laughs> way more intense than the, but of course it was one of those deals too where it was a it's all about ammo bro yeah, right whoever has the most ammo wins right see so and have course. to and you have to be on top of it see when you're playing around with kids you feel so you feel so superior. <laughs> You're like, oh my god, you didn't see that? Look at that. No, but it was a. At a certain point, I had to. I had the worst gun. It didn't work with nine percent of the, you know, ninety percent of the ammo. But I was still taking about. But yeah. Yeah. Wow, man. C- couldn't. Couldn't. Yeah. So I, I put a little bit too much. Uh, yeah. It's it's definitely turmeric and hemp seed. There you go. But good 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 call. I had turmeric uh, lattes is what I've been doing at night. Mm. And then I got and then two just sent me some uh, tiger tiger blood. So there you go. Oh cool man. Which is definitely definitely good. And I didn't do it pre show which I should have. But mm. uh, when I get home definitely that shit hits the spot. So uh, on the show today we have Maury Natura who's going to come on the show any minute right aren't we are yeah. no we got 10 more minutes we got 10 okay more cool minutes. so um and she's got a her first book her first book coming out and uh, we're going to get into that and like a, if you 
if you're a grower, especially an outdoor grower, and especially if you're an orca outdoor, then it's like it's gonna seem like that shit was written about you. But a lot of this stuff's super familiar. Um, interestingly enough, like cannabis is now such a popular subject. You know, it used to be like you could look if you try to like try to look it up on certain not really necessarily search engines because before that, but <coughs> if you were like looking for anything cannabis, never there. It's like zero, maybe one book or, or something. But nowadays it's becoming like a quite a crowded uh, genre. And also a lot of people in the industry who got a lot of good stories, of course, and, you know, putting together their, their stories. And there's, it's for some of us, I mean, for us, it'll be entertaining because of the similarities, but also because a lot of these things are going to be crossing over where it's like, oh, well, yeah, I know that guy. <laughs> I know that guy. Even watching the shows like um, the, uh, what was the one that was, was recently from Mando? What was that one called? The Netflix one? Oh, man, I didn't watch that one still. You didn't even watch no, it? No, I didn't watch it, but you told me. Wasn't it Mystery Mountain? Yeah, I know Murder Mountain. Murder Mountain. Murder Mountain. Yeah. But even that, it was like it didn't. I was like, oh yeah, I know that guy, and that guy knows that guy, and that guy's down the road. From, you know, it's a small, it's a small world. Right. But that whole world is uh, at the end of its life, like a lot of things, and the area that these guys are at, and the, what they're up to, and it's, uh, well, you know, we'll talk about the story more when we get on the on the uh, show. But in general, I, I, from what I read, because I didn't get the whole book, obviously, yet. Well, not, I wouldn't say obviously, but you can always send me a copy, no problem. But it. From what I did read, though, uh, yeah, instantly felt like we were talking the same story. Nice. And um, also, Alki David's going to call in a little bit later, about an hour in. Um, he has, we were, he, he, it's a classic, too, right? So last week, we didn't have a show, and I knew from uh, that we either had to do some crazy, like, you know, if we had some, some, Something popped off, right? I'd, I'd do a show and I'd record it or do whatever I had to do. But the recorded shows suck because I'm totally not interested in doing <laughs> recorded shows. I, I'm not going to say I'm barely interested in doing live shows, but <laughs> no, I am. I am interested, but I don't want to put too much effort because I want it to be effortless. I want the whole idea to be something where it's not a, it's not a pain for me or sponsors or anybody. Everyone's getting something out of it, uh, obviously listeners. But it, I want it all to be as as easy as possible you know mm-hmm. so i was like yeah unless something really goes off that i have to talk about and then sure enough night before more interest than ever like people want to get on the show then i got <laughs> alki's uh this guy owen who linked us up with alki to begin with he hit me up he's like he's coming out of court he wants to go straight he wants to be on the adam dunn show right away and i was like well, big news leads and i was it would have been good but it was like too technically not interesting so because i knew it was going to be a big big on the cutting floor waste of time i forgot to push play Mm. came in all screechy or something dead so sure i need to have my my guy here to turn to keep the sound off in the beginning of the show i I, I cannot take that blame because that would have been that would have been it i would have been i would have been all hitting the wrong buttons and shit would have gone completely haywire so now i can just point at him and say come on dude um so alki's gonna call in hopefully uh We'll get a con- confirmation of that, but he was uh, he was in court. He's got some crazy. Sh- when is he not? It sounds like it sounds like he has like twenty court cases going on at any given moment. Mm-hmm. Um, but he had some interesting, uh, interesting stuff to talk about. Some cross 
across uh, uh, people coming in trying to trying to screw it all up and not actually being able to pull it off because he was open and honest about his cannabis use, which we always like. So he was, the judge was like, do you, do you smoke cannabis? He's like, yeah, every single day, you know? So it was like, now you don't have to worry about those things, obviously, as much. Yeah. Uh, but he's going to talk about that. He also had some, doing something with Mike Tyson or something. So I said, just come on the show. Let's hopefully get him on. So we're going to get him at later on in the show today. Also, Illuminar giveaway. So if you've hopefully sent in some stuff, we're going to have to go through and see what we got. Some new ones, hopefully, because now it's monthly, guys. You got a whole month. To you have a it whole out. month to figure it out. Yeah. And uh, I tell you, Tony Baloney's going to have a whole grow completely built by Adam Dunn shows <laughs> if he just well, if he if you guys don't do anything because yeah, he, he's got to at least have a, a, fly, a bedroom done by now. I think right. he gives you guys a chance. You know? Yeah, he totally does. So yeah. don't make don't make Tony Baloney. Uh, get a free grow <laughs> even though we'd love to do that we would love to give him one but it's a little weird isn't it? so uh we'll have that at the end of the show so uh i think we're gonna have in a few in about five minutes we'll have maury come on and then uh in between we'll do my shout outs uh everybody was everywhere i was like um there was a show in miami there was a show oh here we go we got five four minutes jesus christ cannabis cup fucking oklahoma what a mess right did you, you heard about all that, obviously, right? You've seen all that. What? What? We, no. Oh, my God. My bad. Well, I only got three minutes to, to rag on it. That's pretty short. But in general, I get a phone call from my friend, uh, Matt. Matt calls me up and says, I'm on my way to the Cannabis Cup. I heard there's no water. Oh, and, I did hear and about And the this. gates are all, they're yes. tell, turning people away. And I was like, all right, let me give Danny D a call. So I give Danny D a call. Doesn't answer, but it's also like literally four sixteen their time, right? So it's like uh, yeah. almost four twenty. He's like next to so he's texting me, and I'm texting him. I said, "Hey, there's guys coming. They want to know if you need help because they'll bring in food trucks and ice and water because that's what they needed." Yeah, and I never got a reply. And then later, it was just like that's all I heard was, "Oh, like we're not set up correctly." And the crazy part too is you're in Oklahoma where it's like, you know, you don't have to go like. Fifth Avenue high-end craziness. You just have to go bare bones, but make sure everybody's safe and they're going to have a good time because it's their first one, right? So as long as there's good weed, safe. T- but apparently the the uh, wheelchairs are getting stuck in the mud. Oh, and so you got like, okay, it's for patients. There's no clean paths for the wheelchairs to go. The, the parking was over a mile away, a mile and a half, sometimes two miles away. Mm-hmm. And it was 100 degrees. Dude. And then they get there, and the gates were five hour, three to five hour wait at the gate. So anyway, all wow. I got to say is that is the worst organized event ever, considering, again, you're in a big open area, so you have to really just be, the most important thing is flow and safety. Those would be like, everything else kind of figured, you should figure itself out. But that just goes to show you, but you know what's going to happen is that there's going to be other events now happening which are going to prove that it's not always good to have 20,000 people at the same time. Sometimes it's good to have 200. Try those out for a bit and get those working. 200, 500, 1,000. 1,000 people is a lot of people. 20,000 people is ridiculous, especially when they're they're all going in different directions. You know, So you have to have a, have a little buildup. So I, but I heard of a few good events, which I will announce when I have better info coming up in October and November. 
not even in a response to this event, but in general, just because it was going to happen anyway. But now they realize, oh shit, we gotta step our game up because we don't want to have, uh, you know, the, like Colorado, same thing. Okay, they came here and fucked it all up here because they weren't. They they just lied about how many people they were going to have, and all of a sudden there was three times the amount of people, and then there's not enough toilets, and there's not, you know, it's like it is pretty much basic shit. So. Um, Hopefully they can get there that organized because uh, now we have a call in yet or no? I was just I told her she can call in whenever. Okay, cool. Yep. So yeah, we're coming up to five o'clock, which would be four o'clock, Maury's time. So hopefully she'll call in in a sec. Um, and we'll start on that segment, but definitely uh, keep an eye for the end of the show if you're not paying attention for some reason and you are you are one of the smart people who sent in a letter because mm-hmm. we don't have that many to choose from so you yeah, know the, the few that sent in have a you, huge you even still have a chance huge percentage like yeah. you know we're talking we're talking major chunks yeah just make sure to leave us a number to call you back at that's even better because okay. we have more people who probably would would have been uh, eligible if they left a phone number that would help too right helps in these I know it's old school but can't just do everything by right by, by the computer yeah man Old school is the way it's at, and that's where we're hopefully going to start the show in some in a book, dude. A book, books. You remember them? You remember those book things? Yes. Remember when you had to carry like lots of books to school and from school and just like take care. I used to spin books. That was my thing. I was always, I didn't read them very much. But <laughs> I used to spin them really good. I was a really good book spinner. Awesome. Find dude. me any books, I'll, I'll spin them. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, I would sit in the back of the class and spin my books. But in the beginning, when I was learning, I just ruined every bi- every binding on every book. Oh you know? yeah. So I'd bring them back like one semester, and they'd just be all smashed up. It's funny. Yeah, I treated my books like I treat my shoes and my my electronics and all my shit. You know, like some people cherish every little thing and right, save right, right. it. And now is when that shit would be cashing out and be like, oh yeah, I saved it. But no, no. And the, the few things that I did save, like I saved my. My boombox, and then my kid trashed <laughs> the keyboard. I told you, I think I told the story on the show. Like, had a keyboard that came out of it, and it was super dope and super eighties. And then he just he decided to take that all apart and just gut it. You know, and I was like, ah, oh. uh, like yeah. he gutted the accessory to a thing that'll never get again. And I was like, oh, yeah, the the spawn of my. Oh, here we go. Can you turn it up in my headphones too, or yep. is that here? Welcome to the Adam Dunn Show. We got more. We got Maury on the phone. Yeah. Cool, cool. Yeah, we're just gonna get the sound uh, tightened up here. Welcome to the show, and uh, welcome to the, I guess, the last day before you're or you before you're a fully published uh, author. I guess legal. Is that is that how it goes, or is it already since you already made the book published? <laughs> how's, how's that work? Um, yeah, it's officially releasing on Sunday, and so, uh, yeah, this is the last week before it gets released to the public. Gotcha. So far, it's just been available to my friends that got it on Kickstarter. That's awesome. And, uh, and, uh, when did you start, when did you start the, the project, actually, for putting this together? Uh, I started it a pretty quickly after my house burnt down in, in October 2017, so, um, it kind of was an idea and a concept that I bounced around that whole winter and kind of started outlining. And then uh, in spring 2018, I started really writing in earnest. And uh, last summer, or 
summer of 2018, I really wrote most of the book. And then I've been kind of revising and getting it ready since then. And um, since it's a fiction book, is it like, is obviously based, I would say, sounds like it's based mostly on true-ish events or 95% true or what was the, what was the inspiration for all this stuff? Yeah, it's, it's um, made up characters in a made up uh, scene, uh, but the content of the, um, the, the historic fiction is real. So mm -hmm. it's set in October 2017, which is kind of uh, one of the biggest harvests in Mendocino County in terms of uh, legalization being about to happen. So it was kind of like there was some permitting happening, but there was amnesty for people. But um, so much of the economy is black market grows in Mendocino County and has been for decades. So the Emerald Triangle is really facing this moment of uh, having to come to grips with either getting a legal permitting process going or changing careers, you know, stopping their growth. So it was really the, a lot of people were talking about it as the last harvest, kind of the end of the green rush. And so all of that's real. And, um, and there were fires in 2017 in October that happened. And so uh, that took place in Redwood Valley. There were actually fi several fires that night. Some were in Mendocino County, some were in uh, Sonoma County. And um, the winds were just really intense that night that the fires started. So that's all real. And um, I did spend a dozen years homesteading in, um, in the Russian River watershed. So a lot of the character elements of connecting to the land, tending their gardens, wild crafting, those were all things that I was really uh, well-versed in and had been for a long time and drew from my own life experience on those things a lot. So sure. there were a lot of elements that were, uh, were nonfiction. Um, but the actual story that I told was mostly fiction. There were... Um, there were things that I referenced that happened to some of my neighbors uh, and some of the things that uh, were familiar. So it wasn't completely made up, but the, for the most part, the story is a made up story. Yeah, I mean, the, a lot of the, the growing, growing in general is one of those things where, you know, up until the Internet and people being able to stream stuff and things like that, I mean, it used to be really really hard to get a to get a glimpse into the you know into the life of that sort of uh, character and then there was a few movies that came out that actually i thought were pretty good some of them uh it, at parts you know what i mean not, obviously not the full the full uh story but you know they they got the element of it in the sense that you know they're they're because i had friends in big sur who were there in the early 70s when then it was kind of like they could get away with growing right pretty much behind their place and then every year got further and further and further away right. until by at one point they were 15 miles deep and camp was landing on their property to refuel and do all their stuff you know what i mean so it was kind of like they were fucked you know wow, yeah so they, they so i saw that side of norcal and then you know now with legalization it's a whole other animal and so what do you i mean do you think i in my opinion uh the best part about being in NorCal is the fact that probably a lot of people are going to leave NorCal finally with, and you'll maybe have more, more peace than it used to be because it was so, so many more people than ever growing and living there. How, how has it changed in, since, since this, you know, started, yeah, started uh, the book it, till now, let's say. 
Yeah, it's, I mean, it's been evolving. I feel like there was really a kind of a unspoken uh, acknowledgement that most people who had land were growing um, throughout my childhood. You know, it was like kind of just, it was the subsidizing economy of most of Mendocino County. And uh, for most of the Emerald Triangle, probably really, but that was where I was living. And then as I got older and was in high school, we had um, this Proposition 215, which was the medical marijuana initiative, passed in our county. And so we had this whole birth of um, recreational permits. So there was, it's like, that's always been this dance of what's legal and according to who. Mm -hmm. So at that point, we had, um, we had an agreement that in Mendocino County, you could grow you could grow as long as you were growing for a patient that had a medical need. And uh, that became a pretty widespread thing. And so people kind of came out of the forest grows and were more in like in the direct sun and really obvious because they had permitting to some extent. Um, it was never a sure bet because there was always the jurisdiction of the federal level that could come in you know at any point and say like actually this is still a class one narcotic and we're not going to go there so um but as uh over the last couple of years it became this thing where uh the market was really glutted i feel like uh the end of the green rush is really just characterized mostly by as many people coming into the area and trying to grow as humanly possible and so people that had been growing for a really long time uh were finding that they could not uh, get their products sold. And so that was a really big piece of the historical fiction, too, is that people that had been living this way for such a long time and kind of counting on this for their their economic influx, if not their sole proprietary kind of a business, but uh, as a subsidy, was suddenly kind of on the table as a, if they could even sell their product, it was going for a quarter of what the price used to be. So... There was a big shift. Yeah. And, um, well, I mean, so many, then, pe- so many people would like, like, I mean, obviously count on it, but it's also like, uh, it was fair. It was a little bit, maybe it was a little bit front heavy at some point. So people were making more money than necessarily it was, they were putting the energy into. And then there was that kind of dynamics of it at one point you couldn't put the energy into it or else it wouldn't be worth it. You know what I mean? And now it's, it's yeah. funny how we're in a drought now all of a sudden, right? Everywhere else in the East coast. That was a uh, because of the combination, I think, of California cracking down hard, Colorado n- being very, uh, you know, subservient to the man just because the things are legal here and people don't really. It's very hard to you can't hide fields of cannabis here. It's not like you know, there's no nooks or crannies. Everything's really wide open. Right. So, so we don't ever produce, and there's no really outdoor legal loophole. Everything outdoor is illegal here unless it's in a four between you know four walls and a roo- and a, a locked door so you can get away with a greenhouse but not oh wow yeah technically outdoors is illegal not, not the case in mendo no no for sure but getting more limited and people obviously you know being able to ride the 99 p- plant count for so long and comfortably yeah. comfortably uh comfortably yeah you know it's, it is really and it's interesting you bring up the drought though because that is another piece around um both the reality of California being really dry and people having to people living in rural areas having to even import water at, at di- different points in the drought, um, but also the way that that's impacted um, uh, the different ecosystems. I mean, there's 
there's responsible grows and then there's not, not the responsible grows that are perhaps um, creating systems that, you know, like if you have someone that's growing their own weed organically and uh, has an idea of where their runoff is going, then that's a, I'd say that's a responsible grow. Um, and then you have people that are using lots of different inputs that are chemical pesticides and um, not really sustainably growing. And so that's a that's a real issue. And I think that because not everybody was doing it sustainably, that was kind of a, a reason that the government kind of started cracking down. And California actually had a lot more uh, authority presence around permitting uh, for water. And actually, mm -hmm. that's a huge piece that's changed for a lot of growers is that you can theoretically grow your own weed, but you have to have uh, you have to have a permit for your own water usage for that particular agricultural mm -hmm. outlet. And, um, and it, it's got pros and cons. I mean, I have friends that are hydrologists that are suddenly working with a lot of cannabis growers and getting to go in and create more sustainable methodologies, which is lovely because really... Um, there's a lot that's been done to the California waterways in terms of dams and the salmon counts are at an all-time low. And these are all things that are addressed in the book too, everything we're talking about. But um, so it's like that's a that's a kind of a good thing, I guess, that's come out of it is like there's a more of an attention to that, even though it's coming through bureaucratic channels, which may or may not be really ultimately helping. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. But there are, I would like to see more of the focus beyond vesting grows that are just really not not sustainable they're not actual people's homesteads they're not people that are going into the hills and like growing clandestinely throwing a ton of gunk on their plants and yep. then leaving you know like kind of slash and burn and um so that would be ideally for the focus however california has been all over the map you know what they're choosing to legislate and go who they're choosing to go after doesn't necessarily represent the the least responsible growth um, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's been a big piece, I think, is that a lot of people are seeing, uh, are, they're seeing the presence of um, the permitting process, and they're seeing actual monetary, um, monetary uh, tags uh, for things like water use. And so people are, like in Humboldt County, are getting, um, you know, I think it's like a 50 or $15,000 fine every day that you're not in compliance with the water usage. <laughs> so people that, um, you know, are just growing for their own livelihood are not going to have that kind of capital to invest in a whole different system. So I feel like there, there hasn't been a lot of amnesty either. There hasn't been a lot of ability on the part of, um, on, of the authorities to come in and say like, Hey, let's work this out. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and a big critique that a lot of my friends have had is that there's not really, it's like the, bureauc the bureaucracy is trying to keep up with the buck. They're not really thoughtfully enacting this. It's just kind of like, as they're going along, they're attempting to uh, get into the industry. You know, they're mm -hmm. trying to get a slice of the pie for the authority figures. It's not necessarily that they're really doing environmental radiation. It's not necessarily that they're really looking at investing in the small growth. In fact, that's a huge piece that a lot of people are really concerned about is that um, while legalization has benefits in terms of access and decriminalization in general, I think is a really good thing for mm -hmm. um, all substances really, but especially marijuana. And uh, while those things have benefits, they're really concerned about who's going to be growing. And 
we haven't really seen like huge pot farms sprout up like I think a lot of people thought would happen after legalization. But there's definitely an ongoing question for people around uh, as the costs become prohibitive for small farmers to become permitted to do something they've been doing for a very long time. Um, they may become huge monocrop agriculture farms like large corporate entities that are just growing purely for profit um, that are very extractive in nature from the land. They're not necessarily nurturing the land. They're not necessarily even organic. And so um, that's, that's a big concern. I, I know a lot of people are really concerned. And one of the cool things about legalization here is that you can go to a dispensary now and they'll tell you if your flour is organic or if your products are biodynamic even. So um, there's definitely a niche market for really high quality products that are coming through that before it was, I don't think people could really trace that. Maybe they knew the farmer and, you know, knew that person personally and their practices for farming, but you can actually go into a shop and get what you want. And like the highest quality product that's available is, is out there now. So that's cool. And that part's really amazing. Yeah. And it happens here too. The market matures a bit and some people take the high road and work the organic side and do it right. Um, there's a lot in the middle, kind of half and half in it. Um, but you'll you'll see. I mean, the thing is interesting. Whenever we do con, like we do my uh, the ADSI, the year after year, it was organic cannabis that would win, based on nothing but quality and flavors and, and effect and all the all the things that kind of make the most sense. And totally. And it was just, but it was interesting because it was like each time, top three, boom, 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 top three, boom, boom. You know, and it was like once I think we had one that was not. But at the same time, it was, you know, done well, basically. And uh, to the point where, you know, it was kind of like the you can make stuff look good and occasionally smell good, but usually not as good. But the at the end of the day, it's like it's really kind of comes down to a complete package. And since I eat organic food and I always, you know, spend the extra money on that, I would always take that 100% over non-organic. So I think, it, well, people will... will fall in line maybe not everybody but more than right more than more than there are now um right right so is uh where did you come to before cannabis where was your what was your passion like what was your uh well it's funny because cannabis is definitely um i would i wouldn't say my passion but i would say my upbringing i grew up in mendocino county and i grew mm -hmm. up in the emerald triangle and so it's a culture that is uh super close to my you know, heart. And mm -hmm. um, while it was never my thing to grow cannabis, I had a farm and I was growing lots of, I was growing like everything else but cannabis because cannabis was really well covered in my community. And so I had access to salves and medicines and flour and tinctures and anything that I could pretty much want uh, was available. So um, personally, I, I felt like it was a story that needed to be told uh, in concert with the wildfires of California, I felt mm -hmm. like a lot of rural communities are being affected really adversely because they have the double hit of wildfire loss. So people either losing their homes or their land or their livelihood. Um, and also then having legalization come in pretty much exactly the same time for a lot of these people um, and not be able to uh, sustain themselves in a way that they've done for a really long time. So I just felt like it was a really important narrative to combine those two elements and share share that with the world because it's something that's uh, been really huge for 
mm-hmm. this area, the, that conversation of, you know, people, can they stay on the land that they've been on? Can they continue to grow the way that they've been growing? Can they, um, are they going to be burnt out? I mean, it's a real, it's a real threat here. And um, every, every summer there's been fire. This summer has been gratefully uh, less intense than the last two years, but mm-hmm. It's only, uh, you know, August, so we still have several months, unless it starts raining tomorrow, um, where anything can happen still. Sure. So it's, it gets dicier and dicier the later into the year that you get, and that's kind of the thing that my book is set in October when it's full-on harvest and the wildfire's about to happen. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, it's dry, which is great actually for growing conditions outdoors. You know, mm-hmm. you, you don't really want to deal with tarps and the wetness and everything, but um, that's like kind of the only plus because there's the threat of wildfires really becoming such a huge hit to rural communities. And um, as I, when I wrote my book, I was actually house sitting and kind of bouncing around in different places and I kept getting evacuated because of fires. So it was like I'd already been burnt out. And then every time I went anywhere to go on retreat for my, to do a writing uh, session, I had a, a super PTSD come up around like smoke coming, uh, having to make, possibly evacuate each mm-hmm. time, tracking where different fires were. And so it's, it's just become this real uh, paradigm shift for people in California that they have to contend with wildfire as a, as kind of a perennial disaster. Right. And um, so I guess the, the piece around cannabis just felt like such an important story to tell because it really kind of marks the end of an era. Um, we're still seeing what this new adventure with legalization looks like and how it's going to shake down. But there was a really long era of people kind of just, coming to this area and um, is like the manifest destiny of the green rush dream. You know, people would come out West and, and have their cannabis farm and, um, and get to do that. And mm. so there's, there's a lot of stories there. And I, I wanted to just kind of capture part of that uh, narrative of all of those cannabis farmers that are, um, are shifting their reality in a big way. Yeah, I kind of saw it myself at the um, Emerald Cup in like maybe two years ago or something like that, where it was just really like I saw the 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 end of the end is near kind of vibe. Just as they saw how it was kind of steamrolling ahead, and you started to need permits. Like that was the last year that you could vend without a permit from California for, uh, and you had to be so you had to start to. And then you need a, a you know a licensed uh, licensed uh, place, and then you start to get connected to there, and then it starts to go down that that roller coaster, and so yeah. it became like the last year that you could actually get away with it. So things changed there, and a lot of the other shows too. It's like kind of uh, an end of an era in a lot of ways. Like I, I've looked at the how how slow some of the the cups and the different trade shows have become recently just because now it's kind of like the the framework's already there people already know it they kind of know what they're doing yeah it's getting to the finite little details now and it's not as exciting i mean if if the you know the cup in oklahoma was a failure like you can't get mm. that if you can't get that together right you know what i mean it just shows you like mm. we're still at a weird phase where it's like it's, it hasn't really got gotten 
you know, good examples to the right people. Because that's the whole problem with cannabis is like you're only as good as the cannabis you're exposed to, right? So people from Mendo mm. and that mm-hmm. area are lucky as hell because they get to smoke killer weed from a young age <laughs> and, and be able to sort of associate yeah. different things that a lot of guys and, and grow and women that grow all over the world don't get a chance to kind of work with that so rudimentary, you know, the early stra- earlier strains and earlier, um, you know, when people are, because, you know, the vibes get into shit, right? So if you're in a place where it's like the best place in the world, then your weed is, and your, right. we- and your weed's kicking ass, is doing a lot better yeah. than if you're your best weed that you got and you're under stress because places are getting robbed every day. So you're barely there to, right. you know, maintain your shit. You just throw water at them and hope for the best. Um, right. But, uh, did you guys, were you ever involved in any kind of big bust or you personally or anything like that? Or did you ever get like kind of like that kind of scary side of the whole thing? Because, I mean, that's that's the other thing, too, about NorCal is they just really went hard on unlicensed places right. in, in the last year. Um, you know, it's funny. When, when I was, uh, oh gosh, it's been like maybe like eight or nine years, but I was at a play date and it was like everybody there had a, you know, a little kid there. And the people that were hosting the play date actually were growers and um, they got busted during our play date. <laughs> and so like the, uh, the drug task force showed up at their door and it was really awkward and really weird. And, um, it was like, we were in town too. We were in the middle, we were like in the county seat. So it wasn't like we were in the middle of nowhere or anything. We were at, we weren't at their grow, but, um, so we, we all kind of had to navigate this thing with like, you know, six or seven little like toddlers Great, yeah. <laughs> um, while they're like the federal and like local jurisdiction authorities were like trying to figure out what was going on. And it was, it was weird. And um, so that, that's the only thing that I've really been involved in. I've heard a lot of stories of friends who've run, you know, into the hills. I've, I've heard a lot of stories in the years. Um, and uh, definitely it's been a thing that people from Mendocino County moved to other counties in rural Northern California so that they weren't as, um, as much surveillance or as much uh, pressure around the legality. And I don't know, I think that there's probably still a, a presence, a legal presence in different counties, but it, Mendocino County, because it was like the, you know, the biggest one became sure. really, there was a lot of crackdowns. There, there's been um, a couple of years ago, people, there was like a vigilante group that was going and just cutting down people's weed. They weren't even authority figures. They were just totally trespassing and just like, that's kind of taking it into their own hands like weird things like that have happened so there's a lot of things that happen in hills and um for for my book i really wanted to talk more about like sustainable growing practices and people just kind of living their lives because a lot of the growing that's happening is in my experience and the people that i know is just people um doing their their thing they have their farm they have their gardens it's not like they're just growing weed they're usually plant people in general um but they also grow really good weed and yeah uh, it's always i mean that's always the best if you can then you but then people appreciate everything around them because they realize they're using everything uh they're intermingling everything so if that's going to go into their compost it's not going to be a bunch of chemicals and salts Every time, you know, not every round. Absolutely, so, so you're yeah. Like, so you're kind of. I mean, of, it's their passion, and mm-hmm. and they're using their product, and they want they're wanting the highest quality that they can have, and so they're you know, and they historically, like you said, have been creating some of the very best stuff out there. So, as a big piece, you kind of referenced um, with the slowing down of the the cups and whatnot. It's like the economy of Northern California for 
especially the last like 15 years has been largely boosted by cannabis, illegal cannabis. And so that was a piece that I really wanted to cover too in the book. Um, Things are slowing down in all regards, like uh, local businesses particularly have been closing left and right. Mm -hmm. Even if they weren't um, like being subsidized by people's cannabis money, they were, there was an influx of uh, cash flow that you just don't really see anymore. So it's like this constant discussion around everyone everywhere is that businesses are closing, festivals aren't as well attended. uh, There's just not as much money circulating. And so there was, you know, part of the green rush was that it really was a huge boost to the economy of Northern California in a huge way. And there was uh, an ongoing cash flow from people either growing or trimming or somehow being involved in the integrated cannabis industries that trickled down to everything. I mean, truly, mm-hmm. it was the it was the cash crop of, of Northern California for, you know, decades. And in the last couple of years, I feel like it's been slowing down and slowing down. Economically, we've seen a lot of businesses close. There's a town just north of where I live that has many, many um, storefronts have been closing. And so it's just kind of an ongoing talk about how, how is this going to shake down? You know, like what's going to replace this or how how are the economies of Northern California going to find their way when cannabis is no longer the thing that sustains people? And um, I guess that's there's a question of like can legal cannabis fill that role? And uh, I think that it, you know to some extent it certainly can. And I just think that the money is going to be distributed in a different fashion. Like if you have a permit that's going to cost you several thousand dollars um, for water and several thousand dollars to have it grow and several thousand dollars to get tested. So it's really centralized into the governing bodies rather than distributed and amongst the people who are then you know cleaning and processing and um, distributing. So it's an interesting quandary because I, I feel like we have, um, we have an all time slow of our economy in Northern California. And um, that's definitely, it's come hand in hand with legalization politics. So Mm -hmm. that's kind of sad to see, you know, it's like everybody, whether or not they grew cannabis was intimately um, benefiting from the cannabis industry by the way that it bolstered all the businesses that we possibly could have <laughs> on all levels, you know? Yeah, for and sure. I mean, it's crazy. That's bomb. It's I mean, that, it's changed a lot. I mean, there's so, there definitely was, uh, obviously, obviously tons of cannabis, but like you said, trickle down is enormous, especially when people are, you know, making good money, but at the same time spending, with a, with a typical spend, spending habit of spending everything they get <laughs> every every single round, a lot yeah. of it going back in a lot of it going back into properties that they're on or whatever you know it's some some smart investments some terrible investments but in general it usually stays pretty local. <laughs> it's not like it goes. Yeah. Uh, it's not like it, of course the thing is that's what they're looking for. So when there is cartels and things like that coming in and growing in places, that's that's the you know the people that are a obviously not growing with anything organic at all. So that's, that's thrown out the window. Yeah. But at the same time also, you know, the classic give everything a bad name because they're doing it in the most stupid spot. You could do it usually because they're not really from the area. So it kind of ruins it for all the other locals who respectfully would have some small, nice patches. And then someone comes and just 
blows out the whole area. You know, that's that's your typical scenario and ruins it for everybody. Uh, right. Do you have that at where you're at? And then, I mean, have you run into that kind of situation with, like, obviously not even Americans growing? Because that was definitely a situation up there for a while. Um, you know, I'm sure that there are people that are importing themselves <laughs> to grow pots from places of all over different places. I, um, I, it's not been my experience to know those people or mm-hmm. to know those situations. It seems like, I mean, my angle really has always been that I live here and I've grown up here and everybody I know grows and it's just kind of a part of life. It's really been integrated into the culture of, not every culture, not like everybody grows and not everybody uses, certainly. There's, you know, it's, it is a particular pocket of the population, but it's yeah, um, a that... large enough pocket that it's, mm-hmm. it's like kind of just understood by everybody. And it's interesting, that is one thing with legalization is that people are actually talking about it and kind of coming out of the woodworks and identifying as a grower for the first time, whereas for many years it was like, it was understood, but nobody talked about it. You know, you like sure. wouldn't name names or out anybody, or it was always kind of like this um, social networking, uh, word of mouth thing for people to grow and distribute their product. And mm-hmm. uh, now I feel like it's all, if you're legal, you go to the dispensaries. If you're not legal, you can't get your product in the dispensary. So then you're still kind of dealing with the black market world and, um, my understanding is that those numbers dipped really, really, really low because the market was glutted and with legalization, people were kind of shying away. Um, and then there's also uh, the advent of like legalization in other states. I mean, all, the whole West Coast is now legal and Colorado and other states. So there were once upon a time, Northern California provided weed for the nation. <laughs> you know, I'd like to think anyway. Um, there's there's more and more people getting to locally grow their own, which is a cool thing too. So um, yeah, I, I don't know about the cartels personally. I I've heard stories, you know, growing up there was definitely stories of you know like cautionary tales, but um, personally I don't have any experience with that. It just it's been, and I think that's re- representative in my book too. Like you get things on Netflix like Murder Mountain or like these stories of like really dark things that happened, and I wanted to tell kind of a wholesome mom and pop pot farmer story that um was more true to what i've seen and and experienced in Mm -hmm. my growing up here is just like it's just people doing their thing and in a really chill way and so that was the story that i wanted to tell was like the the, like happy bedtime pot story (laughs) you know i mean i added other things in there for sure and the wildfire is actually much more of the like climate change is probably the biggest antagonist in my book um but and they talked a little bit about you know the i wouldn't say cartel uh cartels are everything that i've contended with but i would say that there's an understanding that you don't go hiking around in the hills in the fall you know if mm-hmm. you're not familiar with the area like you don't go on someone else's land sure. unless you know them and even then you like you announce that you're coming otherwise you might get shot like that's kind of there is that for sure yeah. uh and so with that said, I'd say that um, most people don't in general just go hiking around other people's land, probably anywhere. But in particular Mendocino County, there is that like that secondary question of like, is there a grow and are you going to show up in a scene that you really don't want to show up in? Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. And um, so, 
I've had that a couple of times where I'm hiking in backcountry roads and I'm like, I don't know, is this okay? You know, like what time of year is it? Okay, no, we're cool. It's spring. You know, or like um, different things like that. Because really during harvest, you're going to have a very particular um, yeah, the vibe's different for sure. kind of scene happening in different places. And some of them will be armed and some of them will be, you know, those kinds of things. And that's, again, not my experience and not my upbringing, but for sure there's all kinds. <laughs> there's all kinds of growers and I tried to really highlight the conscious growers who are growing sustainably and who have been growing sustainably and are building the topsoil for their own gardens and continuing to do that and are aware of conscious practices of the local environment and things of that nature really did you uh, did you put any like so, e- Easter eggs in your book as far as like if you were say you didn't even want to grow weed but you're you know semi curious about growing something and do you think they, they would get enough information out of the book to actually grow? Or is it kind of like just more of a talked about but not really in any kind of learning way? Because I always thought about I writing thought a book or a movie. Fun. I'd always like wanted to be secretly teaching you like unconsciously uh-huh. to learn. Like, holy shit, I just learned how to grow weed. I didn't even want to. Like, damn it. He totally, totally. showed me how to grow weed. You like right. get them to you know, kind of zoom in on the um, pH. Right. Well, you know, I... I feel like a huge subtext of my whole novel is like I'm constantly feeding and like conscious information about how to sustain yourself in the environment of Mendocino County. So a part of that is growing weed. And so I do talk about harvesting cycles. I do talk about uh, trimming. I mean, like explicitly, like talk about each of those processes. I do explicitly talk about um, harvesting for medicine, harvesting mm-hmm. CBDs particularly too as a medicine um, at different growth cycles, and um, so I, I do go into some uh, some depth around yeah. how to grow pot. Yeah, <laughs> but it's not the because um, it's the- not the main governing force of the book, but it's definitely in there. And part of, about halfway through the book a trimmer crew arrives mm-hmm. on the scene. So there's this whole influx of new characters. And through that, there's a lot of discussion of what do you do and how do you trim and like yeah. those kinds of questions around. Um, so I think that people have never been exposed to that. You know, like even my editor, like I had an editor go over my book and they kept putting question marks, like what does Irie mean? Or like, you know, kind of uh, topic specific vocabulary that was being used that mm-hmm. I was slang for the area perhaps and um so you know it, the whole book is situated in that context of mendocino county and in the in the grower rhetorical circle you know it's like they're talking about pot they're talking about different kinds of pot they uh pretty much every day my book is set over the course of seven days pretty much every day they're getting high and they're talking about what strain they're growing and they're you know discussing flavors and things so there's there's a lot of different elements around Mm-hmm. From the growing of it to the, you know, in, ingesting of it to the um, the business of it to the politics of it to the legality of what's happening to the, like, how is that going to shape up for, you know, the future of Mendocino County? These are all really big questions, and the dialogue is driven by those main questions, really. And, um, yeah, so, and the, and, and, and I, I'd say, yeah, I'd say, do I th- do talk do about how to grow pot in the book. I was gonna say, do you think, do you think that between the time you started it and because things changed so quick there, and those fires really, you know, went went into a certain direction. Did you have to change anything in your book to, because you were kind of thinking it was going to go one way and it went the other way, or is it just kind of like rolled out at weird in a weird way? You had to put it out just because 
you don't want to uh, sit around and wait on this one. <laughs> you want to kind of get that out because that's one of those things. It's such a sensitive subject for that area, the whole fire, and obviously people right. people it's still fresh but at the same time uh you know you guys all went through because so, like you said the winds and stuff we heard that from other other guests that you know and you can already like that that just puts in your mind the the intensity of the whole thing because you're like oh yeah wind that's kind of like that's <laughs> that, that'll do a lot you know what i mean and when you actually see what that really means It'll do a lot yeah what that means <laughs> in a fire situation compared to uh you know somewhere that's really wet and you know, Colorado had, we, we, we're in the situation where we have similar, you know, we have fires in heavy years and not so bad years to this year. Not so bad. We were kind of all in the same boat where it hasn't been so bad yet. But we also had huge, yeah. huge amounts of snow this year up in the mountains. Nothing. Right. Not, right. In, not in Denver, yeah. but crazy amounts. So we're kind of like, you know, in a, we're all in different little situations, but uh, right. exposed and I mean, NorCal just is, un- it's, it's unfortunate because well, every time I'd be there, I'd, I would realize, you know, and also Southern Oregon, too, I'd have to say, uh, but that whole area, you're just like, yes, you know what I mean? This is where it makes the most sense, and that was late 80s and early 90s, uh, you know, and also, like, every, obviously everybody growing there, but no yeah. no medical scene and no nothing going on yet, and so... Right. You know, you really kind of had, you know, the uh, a lot less posturing and a lot better just, like, you, you could tell who, who was king shit and that's all you talk. You know, uh-huh. <laughs> and it wasn't that hard. Every little area had their own little clan going, you know, and that's kind of where I think right. I think a lot of the original, uh, you know, the dominant strains up there became did you have any kind of certain strains that you grew out that you remember or loved or had any kind of fondness towards or anything well like like i said i've never i didn't actually grow pot like everything else literally um, or that you liked just as far as that as far as coming around everybody else around me was growing pot but um you know people would talk about different strains it seemed like it was like an ongoing flux of like oh i got this you know, these clones from so-and-so, or, oh, I got these seeds, you know, it's supposed to be a really great seed, or, you know, different things and different, and so it was often in the context of, like, conversation pieces, and then we would sample, you know, um, or, like, somebody would bring something somewhere, and they'd be like, oh, I grew this, and it's this, you know, what this kind of blend, and it has this kind of flavor, and some people would be like, oh, okay, you know, so it's, I feel like it's just been this thing that is ongoing, um, but... Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I mean, mean like, piece, obviously, Blue Dream was probably one of the best, uh, like, contenders as far as not best quality, but best as far as uh, making it out the door and most people growing it and seeing it. Most of it go back east, obviously, <laughs> because that was the thing about that particular mm-hmm. plant. Yeah. But uh, these days, everybody's so terp terp focused. Did you uh, see that transition at all in your? Um, um, I mean, yeah, they talked a little bit about it. It's interesting because, like, there's there's the different aspects that people grow for now. There's, like, there's this huge explosion of the CBD market, right, which is, like, kind of ironic because for, you know, three decades, people have been, you know, growing for THC, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like, growing mm-hmm. specifically for the production of crystal mm-hmm. as much as possible and 
Um, so what CBD is like almost the inverse of that. You know, it's like CBDs are highest during the beginnings of the growing cycle. And so it's like a totally different breeding program in terms of the botany of it. Mm-hmm. And um, so so there's there's some overlap in that where people are talking about that. And, you know, a lot of people are really, in my experience, uh, like the really innovative people have been doing really interesting things anyway. Like they have some really interesting hash technique or they have some really interesting process for extracting different things and um, and play with it because they have the ability to. You know, they've been off in the hills. They're doing their own thing. They're like out there thinking about how to make the most amazing things and they just have time and energy and every year they grow a crop and they have been doing that. Um, there is, you know, I, I think one thing that I talked about a little bit to the, the characters that I created were kind of like old school, like they grew their one crop annually, but they referenced you know, the different kinds of grows, like the light depth scenes coming on really hard in mm-hmm. the last couple of years, or like um, indoor grows. Indoor grows not being the biggest thing up here in Mendocino County. I mean, definitely, I know people grow indoors and that that is a piece of the thing. But for the most part, I'd say people were growing outdoors. And there is even a level of like... Um, um, Stewardship there because, you, you know, using the sun to grow your plants is obviously more ecologically sustainable. Yeah. However, profitable-wise, like, not everybody has a back 40 where they can grow. So I think a lot of people have access, you know, even from college students on, kind of like growing a closet or growing some area of their indoor world mm-hmm. and um, having some, some point of reference and experience there. So that's like, you know, a totally different market and timing. Um, but there is this sense of a rhythm that has happened in Northern California around like every fall, there's this influx of trimigrants, people from all over. And it's, it's less and less, I'd say the last couple of years, it's mm-hmm. kind of, it's tapered off a bit, but there was this ongoing joke that like anywhere you drove from, you know, October to November smelled like weed in, in Mendocino County. And like all kinds of interesting characters showed up that nobody knew, you know, <laughs> there's like new, new faces in a small community that stood out. And so that was the kind of like, there's this real like tried and true annual crop scene and people were really growing for THC content and they were really breeding specifically for that in an outdoor mm-hmm. setting for a really, really long time. Mm-hmm. And so as time's gone on, there's other things that have come up, you know, in different different directions where people are going. I'd say in the last 10 years, especially it's, it's become Indoor especially has gone, the farther south you go, I'd say the more indoor you have in, in California because you just don't have the ability to have as much land base. So yeah. um, so that's the thing. And then part of the legality is like you can grow so many plants in an urban setting as long as your neighbors can't see it. So then there's a lot of hoop house growing. And then I think life depth really was born from that, like the covering up your crop, you know, occasionally. Um, in different situations and so uh, there's just a lot of different things that have born, been born out of necessity and the last 10 years but I feel mm-hmm. like for the most part my characters are really old school and they grow outdoor like once a year right? for PhD weed you know that's like that's their, their main thing and they're growing for this that content sure um, yeah because I mean you're, everything that you're talking about is basically how it rolled just because people realized you know, wait a minute, we can get two crops in if we do a light depth, uh, you know, which then is also, it's kind of interesting too, because when you do early stuff, even when it's 12 hours, that because of that 
quality of that light, that super early light in May and, and, and early June and stuff, that's like you never your stuff never really. I think if you did like a tur if you did like a, a, a actual test between that and then later and see the difference, it'd be like the second crop that you pulled off night and day as far as uh, I think the way that the, the cannabinoids would end up because you end up with a like you can never make weed that's really strong it's always kind of like looks good <laughs> doesn't really do the trick you know um, mm -hmm. but it's interesting to see like a lot of people in NorCal have figured out a that light depth which is great until somebody fucks it up which you know right <laughs> that, can, that can only <laughs> be forget to do with that, that can only be yeah. human error that's usually the uh, reggae on the river weekend or something like that you know what I mean so uh -huh, right. to, oh dude did you forget to oh it's all gone <laughs> right. come back it's Total all re everything, everything's re-vegged and got seeded yeah out, got seeded and re-vegged and fucked everybody else's shit up yeah no i mean there's that right with cannabis i mean there is so much of uh like crazy situations that happen that you know there'll be new versions of them let's say happening but at the same time a lot of them because of the legalities and because people won't take risks and or will take risks or whether depending on what like like back when i lived in amsterdam the idea that i could take a weed plant put it on the back of my bike and strap it down and ride across town and just hang on to the uh -huh. hang on to the to the stalk and ride my bike and i you know, to me, that was like the ultimate, right? Like, yes, that's freedom right yeah. there. And I was like, duh, 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 get home. And then I put it in my thing. And, and then, you know, later they started to crack down more over there. So then we all had to be stealth and hide everything. And you couldn't, you know, couldn't, right. couldn't get caught with anything with roots or they counted towards, you know, they got there. They're weird because they, they did have a rule, but the rules went from 50 plants down to 30 plants down to six plants. You know, I kind of got like... Uh -huh. And so all of a sudden you're like, ooh, six plants, and that's not much when you live in a tiny little apartment, you know, because you can't really grow giant right. plants. It's easier to grow 30 small ones <laughs> than it is to grow fucking, like, six right. gigantic ones, you know. So anyway, it was like one of those uh, watching people who let things get legal but then put the kibosh on it, and now it's kind of happening in NorCal, but it's in a different way because obviously everyone grows different and people get... 200 pounds in their backyard or 400 pounds or you know people would get some serious weight back in the day that was worth a lot of money and now that's like yeah, right yeah it's maybe 700 bucks a pound and you're like what <laughs> like it used to be like you know right pay the rent for the whole Four grand exactly yeah. <laughs> what was the um yeah what was the because that's going to be interesting to see with the age of books you know so like in 20 years from now somebody reads your book and they're gonna be like, "What? They forget what was their what was your final price? Did you show? Did you? Because I'm sure you showed the dip at some point in the book where people had to take a right. giant hit. What, was, what was the lowest point you sh you talked about? They were talking about, um, well, like people, uh, yeah. So in like 2017, in the book, they're talking about like trying to get two two grand and like probably not going to be able to pull that off you know like maybe like it's like in less and less you know people taking less and less and less like oh, a thousand dollars or mm -hmm. um so yeah that it kind of does situate itself in that economic <laughs> bracket um which is like a quarter of what people could get during the height of the green rush yeah um i mean a thousand and, thousands and like a thousand will kind of date you at a certain point but it's just crazy because yeah who knows where it's going to go um right 
and I mean, it is unique in that regard that like you can't get that price for corn. You know, it's like you can't grow almost any other crop and get that much money. And people who are used to getting, you know, thousands of dollars for a pound of weed are like, hey, you know, what happened? Mm -hmm. Like their whole economic model is based on this huge inflated price because of, uh, you know, the demand was high. The the quantity was, you know, relatively low for a while, I guess. And as more and more people came to the area and more and more grows were happening, there was more and more, you know, product on the market. And so that just, the price went down and down and down and down. And um, It's interesting you were mentioning Amsterdam because uh, there is that whole thing too around like the world united around weed and um, in various ways, you know, like it's always, it seems like with cannabis, there's like an ever changing level of legality. Like at the turn of the century, like Boy Scouts were growing hemp for everything, you know, like the, the last century, not this century. And then, and then you have like, um, any, anywhere you go in the world, like there's going to be weed. Like that's the one topic of the book too, is like this plant shows up everywhere and has always shown up everywhere. And so like there's traditions all over the world that have their basis in, using this medicine Mm -hmm. and um in in the book i referenced like the family the main family that we're following uh takes a trip to africa and they're like look they're remembering their trip to africa where they went to west africa and there was like weed everywhere and so it was like they did a a little marijuana exchange you know from like Mm -hmm. and so like amsterdam's another one of those places and um and it's it's just changes at various times it's totally legit and other times it's totally not and so there's like circles and places and ways that people like the plant finds people mm-hmm. and um i just found that really fascinating too because i feel like a lot of people came to california a lot i know actually that weren't born here and didn't grow up here sure. came to this area specifically because of wheat like they either liked weed or they wanted to be around it or they were even if they weren't interested in growing it they like it was kind of like mecca for them you know like of they course. came on a pilgrimage to find weed so um i'm interested to see how that's going to shift uh because there's it's not the same place that it used to be it's not like this is the only place that grows weed anymore you know there's definitely mm-hmm. an expansion to the whole west coast and beyond around um the availability and access to weed so yeah, it's just interesting. I mean, to see the thing how is, you guys either—it's like you guys have to either embrace it so so heavily, to the point where it's nauseating, yeah. and and just like milk it that way as a community, or yeah. you have to like get onto like the pro. In my opinion, the the the, the, the terroir is what you guys have, right? You can't yeah. and you can't take that. Yeah. Any, the only way you can take that out is if you buy some weed off you, right? <laughs> Which is what the goal of the whole right. thing is, and you'll almost have to have it like so open to the people and have it really as a drive in drive out check it out smoke some weed uh have a car you know have some wine or whatever and then boom out the door and then the next crew comes in and they just have that little vibe going because i would do that i'd drive around there and hit every private you know guy who was growing organically that i could like check it out and even if it was like a you know 60 of them or oh, something yeah. like that it where is that that is a thing. They have okay. weed tourism. I met a guy, and he's like, that's my job. I, like, pick people up in San Francisco, and I take them around mm-hmm. to weed farms. And, yeah. and you know, and wine, wine tasting probably is also a, a part of that. Or an yeah, or, or that, just but, something um, along those lines, but with weed. That's fine. And and I think that's that's what I mean. I, I, knew, I, I was thinking about that years ago, and now it's, like, it, it's totally doable because and I'm sure there are guys doing it like that because 
there's, yeah. there's enough places that 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 in the long run is kind of like the savior where you're like okay you got that but even that would get tight and tough because there's there's hundreds and hundreds of people who you know all think they got the coolest place but at the end of the day right you'd have to really like step step out but at the same you know but you are dealing with a bunch of stoners too so you probably could <laughs> rise to the top pretty fast <laughs> if, you, if you just had the right spot going but i mean that's kind of like a putting you in that weird position where it's like okay now you're almost like selling out because you have to like now be open 24 hours a day and be a business yeah just to survive where you used to be able to just like you know kind of meet up with a bunch of weird people for a couple of days and then boom everything's done and yeah. yes everybody's happy and then you move on and yeah. it's like all right but uh right i think that they i mean i i think that that is a thing i mean i i have a friend who for several years owned a, a bb and b it was like a breakfast and mm-hmm. bed and breakfast and bud yep. you know place sure. and then um, there are definitely like tours devoted to checking out different weed and sampling different things. I mean, I, a lot of this is again with the advent of legalization. I'd say that's one of the highlights and good things that have come out of legalization is like kind of uh, the weed tourism in a way. You know, it's like because um, it is. I mean, it is something that everybody. Should, it's a plant that has like we have so many cannabis receptors in our brain, and it's like we are born with endocannabinoids to like take this plant in, you know, it's like in that way, like I am passionate about weed. I feel like it's a plant that we have as humans, like a super intimate biochemical relationship with, and it's, we should have access to it and people should have the ability to, you know, find their right relationship with it. And in that way, um, I think that there's a lot of really cool things happening and a lot of, a lot of people that are getting to be, um, you know, it's like they just go down the block and they get whatever they want. It's like that, like I went to Oregon this summer and it was like, oh, wow, yeah, like, let's go to a dispensary. Like, I'd never been to dispensaries until this year <laughs> because I just, it wasn't the thing for me. It was like, in my culture, you just, I like, just, it was everywhere. Everywhere I went, my friends had it and it was just the thing. Um, but I was like, well, yeah, let's let's just even see what a dispensary looks like, you know? And so it's kind of, I like that that's a thing, that there, you know, it's like anybody who wants to can find a way to have this medicine at this point in time, you know, and I think that's really cool. And um, that's, you know, not to say that it, it'll, you know, that that can't be part of the economic incentive that really works towards having, um, you know, farmers, small farmers that are still growing grow really high quality weed and are showcased in those dispensaries and have ecotourism it's just it's taking it on a a different tangent than it has been it's really like bringing people out of the hills and um getting them you know a marketing plan which is just different (laughs) than they've ever had before and um and in that way you know it'll be interesting to see what happens on the legal level of like i mean the biggest thing that i keep talking about in the book too is like everything's speculative because it's like in the jurisdiction of Mendocino County, it's been legal to grow weed ostensibly if you had a a medical permit for a really long time, you know, since I was a teenager. So we're like 15 or 20 years. And then um, on top of that, you have, um, you know, California legalizing it. So there's this other piece around like, okay, well, so it's like, it seems legal and it is legal, but then on the federal level, you can still, and it's still very, very legal. Right. So Mm -hmm. like, until we have a federal and even a like global 
ability, it's still kind of this like underground world, right? Just because it has to be, because on some, you cannot have that level of um, exposure when you have this product that is still considered illegal at different levels. So like, I'd like to see it decriminalized on, on a big level, because I really feel like the plant has a lot to teach us, not just in terms of, um, you know, flower medicine, but like, you know, medicines for all kinds of different things. Mm -hmm. And um, I have a friend who's uh, inland Mendocino County who has a whole school of um, cannabis and is teaching people how to make different medicines from different parts and, um, and really for the treatment of really intense diseases. And so there's, there's that aspect too, is like, this is a really powerful medicine. And, um, very briefly in the book, I talk a little bit about how the pharmaceutical industry started making like synthetic cannabis and mm-hmm. how horrible the response has been. Like people have died in their trials and like, I just, it rubs me in every kind of wrong way that you can, because it's like, we have this medicine. Mm-hmm. People are literally growing it for that purpose <laughs> now already, you know, it's yeah. like, why grow something? Like why make something in a lab that has these weird side effects and it's not oh, yeah. being proven K2. to be effective at all when you have, you have this medicine stream, like people have been doing this for so long and they want to do it. So I hope that we, we can see legalization as an opening of doors to create access to this medicine um, for people. And that, you know, that that's what happens rather because there is definitely a way in which like it's changing the economy. And I hope that that's the like upswing of it is that it's because like we all get to have weed in our lives now, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. <laughs> and, it's, it's uh... um, it is, I mean, a lot of that, what you're saying is, is totally how I think, though, as far as like, you know, it is we're getting exactly what we wanted. And it's totally getting weird because as a guy who's been in, in cannabis, you know, most of my life, more than half my life for sure. But uh, in general, like seeing the whole kind of transition go into f- to effect and then the same thing, you guys being on the front lines and seeing the first the highs and now the lows in the sense of being worth less and less and same amount of work, et cetera. But at the end of the day, you know, the whole world <laughs> is getting benefit, right? So, you know, it's like, what are you going to do? Hold it back. You know what I mean? And then that is the crazy part about it. So yeah. That's it's kind of what I saw from before when I was at the Emerald Cup. I saw like people just going like, you know, shrugging their shoulders and walking around and going like, it's over, man. It's over. It's out of our hands. You know what I mean? And it's like, that's the way it is because it is literally worldwide has always been worldwide, but now it's getting more like worldwide legal or worldwide recognized or not, uh, criminalized or not, you know, enforced. There's all these new, new, uh, cannabis spots that are hotter than the last one, you know, next, 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 next. And they all, uh, go through the growing pains that everywhere had thing is about NorCal is a little different is you guys have the most to lose from a grower, yeah. from a grower, you know, from a, every year guaranteeing yeah. on the money coming in for sure. But you also, yeah. but you also have a, a weird like leg up in the sense of you could put a triple amount of energy into the, what you could have done before. But at the same time, you know, you could like create, sub brands or do something but it would be like a big commitment you know compared to just chilling in retirement which is what most people were growing for most people are growing not to (laughs) not to start a new business but uh 
there is that one leg up in the sense that you are in a the best place in the, in the world pretty much in most right. people's in most people's opinion so if you're allowed to export yeah. w- once that opens up and they're like yeah sure send it anywhere we don't give a fuck anymore then <laughs> then it might become extremely interesting because you guys could then produce products which you could export because of your location so you kind of you know you do have some there's a winning there's a winning part to the whole thing i guess but for sure it's old school clout you know it's like for sure for sure yeah and uh how's how's the up until this point before like the say the the launch to the public or whatever how's your response been from all your friends and all the uh, people has anybody got pissed off and thought that you, you were talking about them and <laughs> maybe it wasn't or anything like that any weird stories like that or on the on the uh no on no the, i mean People have been really excited about the book. Um, a lot of my friends that grow have been reading it and are really excited that their story is getting told kind of like in that way that there's, um, you know, just like a regenerative cannabis approach that's being marketed on a, on a mainstream level. I mean, the book is going to be nationwide in a couple of days and, you know, it's on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, it's at Target. <laughs> it's like really mainstream venues. So um, I'm excited because I feel like that's the untold story of cannabis in a way. It's like people have really focused on the like dark, insidious side of cannabis. And it's like, mm. actually, there's a lot of people that are living really right livelihood, really engaged with the plant in a really great way, are um, sustainable, contributing to their communities in a beautiful fashion. And like that's that's a story that's not told enough, really. I mean, mm-hmm. maybe... You know, it's like maybe it's my microcosm and my little bubble of the world, and that's why I see it as much as I do. But it's like that's the story of cannabis that I know. It's like that this is that this is an exciting thing, and that it's um, people want want. You know, I think that's the th- that's like you said, we have the most to lose in terms of the economy, but in terms of like access to knowledge and people doing really innovative things for a really long time, we have the most to gain in terms of like leading the world and showing showing off what we have, you know, because really it's, um, it's been such a huge part of everyone's lives in this, in this culture of cannabis that, um, there's just a lot of history, you know, there's a lot of like well-versed history and Mm -hmm. tried and true practices. So, um, yeah, I'd like to see that be, they know that Mendocino County is able to disseminate knowledge around, the medicine of the plant and um and also kind of steward people into the next era of legalization where it's decriminalized especially for i mean there's like people that are in prison you know especially Mm. people of color in prison that have been targeted and profiled for pot for so many years and that's like the one thing for me was like okay legalization is going to be crippling to our economy but like let's get those people out of prison right like this is a this is a pot you know this is a plant pot is not something that we should be putting people to in jail for like by any stretch of the imagination you know if people do criminal activity around um you know around their their protection of their you know plant their plants or their crop or whatever or people kill someone like obviously you can be criminalized for that but for growing a plant like mm-hmm. it's just ridiculous it really it's so ridiculous to me that we're still in, um, you know, it's like 2019 and we still are putting people in jail for having a really like deep relationship with this plant. And so I, I'm really hoping that um, as legalization continues to be a thing that we, we go back and get those people out of jail that are like, you know, no longer, it's like, it's not illegal anymore. <laughs> they shouldn't right. be in, 
in a situation where they're being penalized for something that is no longer uh, illegal. And so that's the that's one of my fervent hopes, actually, is that as as we see legalization, uh, you know, through that, that's that's the fallout, really, is that we no longer have those people going to going to um, the prison industrial complex. Sure. I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy, too, because we're like literally going to watch the the final closing of the doors. And the thing is, you can see where they're it's almost like when you when you know your local police and you know that it's like around that time when they are kind of lazy and they have to get like a quota. So they start to pull people over on just like a, like, wow, I saw five people get pulled over where they never see anything. And you just like, what day? Oh, it's October. What day? Oh yeah. That's because by X amount, cause everyone knows their shit around that area. So all of a sudden you see them just banging mm-hmm. people down. And it's kind of like the same with, you know, cannabis. It's always been like the, let's hurt one or two people mm-hmm. make everybody see that we still are around. Uh, you know, right. And it was always a little bit, right. you were always on that danger zone. You know, we always like didn't answer the door. You just you didn't do this. You didn't talk to this guy. You didn't see. And now that that is legal, uh, the transition is kind of weird for everybody. And they're trying to like just yeah. get the last. So, so just like those guys doing the speed trap, they're kind of trying to get their last hurrahs in and get a few more bang, you know, bang down a few more doors and act like crazy. But soon they're not going to be able to do that because you can take them to court. And a lot of them you can because, you know, it's crazy. They'll, they'll, they'll come in hot and heavy with no reason. And, you know, at the end of the day, walk away with nothing hardly. And then just be like, whatever, deal with it. You know what I mean? That's just, and I've seen that over and over again. So, but now that these people have a lot to lose, like, especially when they come in, you know, first week in July, second week in July, everything's just starting to bang off, <laughs> getting looking good, you know what I mean? They do, all the work's done, and uh, they know exactly where, you know, they can't run away with it. That's the difference. So cannabis has always, yeah. been, a, it's always well, been a ballsy thing. Yeah. You know, you kind of, got to take, take And can't, this, can't summer, this summer, they were really obnoxious, too. Like, the, the authorities were flying really, really, really low and, like, kind of terrorizing people in their neighborhoods. And it's like, I get that you want to crack down on people that don't have permits now, and there's, like, a way to do it, and it's mm-hmm. not terrorizing them <laughs> by air raids, you know? And so that was that was a real big critique from the, the communities because it's, like, even, even though people are, um, you know, experiencing legalization and permitting process, like, there's still... Uh, a very heavy hand right now around um, people getting busted and it's like do what you need to do but like don't go after people that are you know just like growing their own little scene like go after people that are like we said you know people that are just going in and extracting from the economies like there's just there's no need there's no need to do air raids on like these small farmers there's no need and really that's the biggest piece too it's like you have uh, you know, historically had this very diversified income source from lots of different people growing lots of different strains of this plant and doing um, a really good job. And like, it's been decentralized. It's been this like last great revolution in a way. And then now it's like those small farmers are getting picked off and without a lot of incentives or a lot of like transitional economic factors to make them be able to have access to the permits even. So a lot of people have been just like literally economically, um, taken off the slate like they cannot afford to grow legally at this point in time for all the different water restrictions and things that they would have to do to make their property be in compliance and so um those people are just kind of like falling through the cracks and 
So on top of having them already feel like they're they're being hit hard by the economics of it, then they're having the the criminalization aspect of like the authorities coming in with these helicopter raids. So it's just nonsense, really. <laughs> like there's no need. There's no need at all. And there's so many things that we could be prosecuting more effectively rather mm-hmm. than targeting marijuana in general. But yeah, it's I, I'd like to see that stop as well. You know, I'd like to see there be a uh, a real grappling with like helping small farmers of all kinds, not just cannabis farmers, but like we need small farms. We really, really like need small farms. And mm-hmm. so I hope that that, that that's something that we get to continue to have in Mendocino counties that people have small sustainable cannabis grows that are giving back to the community, both economically and medicinally. So, mm-hmm. um, well, yeah, I think I think there's so much ta- there's so much talent and there's so much, uh, you know, beautiful pieces of land that people have put so much work into, and some of it, you know, it, sometimes it just doesn't work. It's just not functional with the the way it is set up, or how much it has to go back into it to make it work. Other times, it's like, come on now, it's turnkey. Um, and I think if everybody kind of helped work the farms at the people who didn't do a very good job <laughs> at and do that without cannabis, you know, and do that with other crops right. to kind of get the ball rolling and sort of get people you know there's so much like possibilities that you could do where you get like that going commu- you know more of a community vibe because now people are you know can be open about it before it was all like yeah you could talk talk about it with somebody that you trusted but at the same time never to outsiders you know what i mean that was just pretty much the norm right and now you almost have to do the opposite where you're like come on in <laughs> don't be scared and we're not gonna you know we're not murder mountain which uh is now kind of the way people think of it you know because they they go right for the oh, totally the worst of the worst so hopefully the hopefully your book uh, changes some minds that way and shows people kind of like how it really or how part of it went down because it was crazy all over the place uh, you know obviously I had a fire myself and when you lose things by fire you come back later and look and it's just everything gone 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 and you're like you know it's a weird feel it's a terrible feeling obviously but it's also like you know you're, you're happy that you're alive and whoever else was there is alive and you're kind of like well yeah. you know, you're, you're gonna rebuild again and even though the few things that you take with you because you're like oh, I gotta have that <laughs> and then it's like it's so dirty forever like you just you have to get rid of it at one point because it's really really like I had a little sooty things that I kept from the fire that I pulled away, you know what I mean? But it was like one of those situations where I was just like, oh, better get used to knowing you have nothing now, you know what I mean? Starting fresh and, you know, right. when now that people understand that this shit happens a lot more than normal, it's almost like living in those weird flood zones, you know, where you have that house and you're like, so why they, why those people live there? <laughs> you know what I mean? So the, the fires right. in NorCal have proven that some of the most beautiful, awesome places ever are under, you know, that weird, z- in just that weird cycle where they are now uh, threat- threatened without without the illegal cannabis growers. Because that's the thing is they would love to blame that on that kind of I- activity also where they, you know, there may be a fire which does get started by a stoner <laughs> at some point in the world. But for the most part, never, never, you know, there's no point. doesn't make any sense. Uh, but Yeah, well... I mean, part of it is that there's, they're just unprecedented fires, right? Like we, California fire ecology is that California's burned historically for a really long time because it was tended by uh, indigenous populations in this area of the Pomo that um, would do control burns. 
in a really good way and burn the understory and it was nourish the plants and keep the forest healthy and we just haven't been doing that as a practice anymore the forestry service doesn't have the uh have, doesn't have the funding to kind of do those controlled burns everywhere and so the forests are not being maintained in the same way and so um when we have fires whatever their sources you know like uh, the ones that uh, was in my area was the wind started it and I think there was a down power pole initially but then it was like the winds really made it the, the mega fire that storm um, it's like there's just all this uh, undergrowth and like fuel there's all this fuel load that makes the fire so much more intense so quickly well, I mean that's kind of so, what, that's what's happening now in, in Brazil and everybody's I mean it's not that alone but it's but they're, they're going they're yeah. going overboard of course but yeah. It's weird because like And so know. it's wiping out like a whole neighbor like my whole neighborhood for like a mile south of my house, everything burned. Like literally everyone's house is burnt down. And when you have when you couple that with like um, you know, cannabis farmers, a lot of those people have an exclusively cash stream economy. Like they're not putting their money in banks, you know? So like those people are, are like a lot of people in my area lost everything. Like maybe even they had a, a safe or something, but they left the money because they were, you know, running for their lives. And so like, then they have nothing, you know? So it's, it's really, it was a double whammy for a lot of people that they lost, they lost their plants, they lost their home. And then legalization is like making it so that they can't really continue that lifestyle yeah. of being a small grower. So is that- it, it was, I, I, I really, it was intense. It was really intense. And I feel like that, my book really conveys that the intensity of that it, it's like a kind of fun jovial um book with like some real concerns of, and those are the big concerns it's like wildfire threat and um how growers are being affected by oh, i remember i remember how i felt i remember how i felt because i knew like i just saw like like wow man there's gonna be so many people with so many situations like that you know and i was just kind of a scrolling yeah. through my mind of the places that I knew people at and you know it doesn't guarantee that they got burned out but even just getting smoked out and getting there yeah you know and a lot of times it was because like you said it was during that dry it was literally at the time when I knew a lot of people had their weed hung and dry which is almost worse yeah. because that that stuff just soaks it up like a sponge and then yeah but then there was you know the interesting part is that that also was one of the really good years so the people who did harvest crushed it you know and uh-huh. later uh-huh. i talked to people and I, they were like yeah, i didn't see any difference i actually saw a little more weed uh mm-hmm. and it's kind of like at the end of the day you're like you're like oh so that just was like a bump in the fucking road for for the for the actual amount coming out it was even more they said came out and went east coast and moved all over the place because the demand was higher of course and uh so Cali still produces, still puts it out. There's still that small chain, but it's definitely dwindling. Um, I'm sure just by the little bit that I read from the book and also talking to you that, you know, that's, there's so many, in, there's so many stories in common that you're just like, oh yeah, that, yep, yep. And then, like I was saying earlier, it'd be interesting to see 20 years from now because like nowadays, I remember when I was a kid and I saw $500 a pound and I was like, that's incredible. That's amazing. It'll, <laughs> n- it'll never be that cheap again. And now here we are. And I'm like, oh, yeah, 500 bucks a pound. That's fucking totally believable. I don't, it doesn't even seem too crazy because I've seen, yeah. you know, especially when I see biomass hemp grown and sold for 30, you know, 30 bucks a pound or even cheaper sometimes. And it's like, right. You're, right. Like, you're like, wow. 
really really like way below anything I ever thought but at the same time the appreciation yeah. of cannabis is still higher than ever and it's still growing and it's kind of like right. literally uh, the older generation which we, you know and the new older generation are literally getting are people who already been smoking for 30 years and shit 40 years so it's like okay yeah. you're like alright well we're going to have a lot of uh, social changes hopefully soon, which is awesome. And I think that's kind of, you know, books books about cannabis. And we got to hope anyway, right? Yeah. We got to hope we get the, the right social changes for the right paradigm shift. Of course. Time. Yeah, and we're and we're yeah. kinda, and we're at that and we're at that weird zone. You know, you can see it happening, and cannabis filling that opioid gap, and you know, like major opioid uh companies being brought to court and losing and you're like oh yeah this is going right. this is like you can already right. see the teetering and the tottering of the industry and it's getting cool because uh you know cannabis the only the only part that i would say that sucks is that there's so much cbd on the market that uh it's like there's a lot of bullshit out there and there's a lot of people who it's are, unregulated yeah are getting like yeah, a bunch of crap and on you know not 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 done in you know, clean clean play you know this is a million little issues and so i feel like the the cbd market yeah. is a little bit tainted for the not not for not for everybody but just for that average consumer totally so no it's true because you can go to like you know the gas station and get cbds now and i'm like right. really yeah like <laughs> And the what CBD, is in there, you know, like, what is that? And, and you know, the but, thing yeah. about it is it but could be more. But really high-quality stuff. Could be more, could be less, could be this, could be that. And, you know, the amount. Nobody knows, yeah. And the amount of. It's not uh, really regulated. Exactly. And and where are the sources and all that stuff. So you don't, but at the same time, I don't want to see it, like, so regulated that you got to be worried about it. It should still be just, like, considered um, a com- sure. commodity in some way, shape, or form, right? And then, you know. Well, and. You, the higher yeah. the higher you do, the better quality you do, the better it is. And CBD is one of those weird yeah. ones, like you were saying earlier, how it, it's been bred out. And we've really done a yeah. number of that. And at the same time, now we're all trying to swing it back the other direction, which is right being very successful, I'd say, too, because it's like it's now we have a lot more behind us. Like before, we literally just kept going by whatever was the strongest shit ever. And now you can't do that. Yeah. You have to have to bring it to a lab, and you have to see what the, where it's at. And, um, totally. Yeah, it's co- so. I mean, are you are you planning on uh, sticking in the in the in the industry in some way, or what's your what's your potential <laughs> future in this sort of game right now, considering all the? All um. Yeah, I don't know. All I you know, all I, you I know. feel like I I'm kind of interested in having. Um, the book at different dispensaries, you know, so that would be like a venue, I suppose, in the legal world of permitted uh, pot to kind of jump on uh, those uh, coattails and see what what ways that um, I can help distribute this book um, through that. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like it's just, it's fascinating for me because I'm so drenched in cannabis here in Mendocino County that it's just like everything, like Brie, it's like, it's so a part of everybody's reality. So it, it doesn't feel like um, it's that big of a deal. You know, in fact, everybody, when I, I'm going around to bookstores and I'm talking about it, they're like, oh yeah, this is a really important book that needs to be written. You know, it's like, because it's so uh, Mendo specific in a way. I feel like the story, I'm excited to see what happens in the next 
you know, week as it goes nationwide and people are able to have access to a story of really the specificities of this area and this this grower's climate. And that's, so it's like, I, I feel like um, I'm hoping that because I'm from Mendocino County in the Emerald Triangle and because I grew up in this culture and because my house burned down that I, I have a voice that's maybe more unique mm-hmm. to tell this story and that it'll be able to carry the message through, you know, so that a lot of people, so that it is able to be distributed widely and people can hear the story and learn about the cannabis culture of Mendocino County and, um, and kind of reframe, especially people have nasty associations, reframe their associations to consider that actually there's a lot of really righteous people doing a lot of really righteous work here. Mm -hmm. And also, um, and also look at just, look at the different issues that are brought forward because there's really there's a lot about cannabis in the book but there's a lot about it a lot of different things environmentally and um cannabis is kind of the the main plot line that i wanted to tell um because of the culture it's like the backdrop is cannabis Mm -hmm. and in that way i feel like you know i'm giving homage to this plant that has been such an amazing resource for so many people myself included and um, in that way, too, I feel excited to be that this is my debut novel. That I'm the first book that I'm producing is about marijuana <laughs> course, um, as a novelist Perfect. from this area. So, um, <laughs> so I guess that's yeah, that just getting to be involved in in the communities and um, to get to tell that story and to get to really have a positive spin on it feels like part of my contribution to the pantheon of, of cannabis literature. Is, uh, that you know that there's a lot of really great uh, things that people are doing, and that I wanted that to be seen and read specifically. So, so we put some links up on the on the site uh, uh, right now in the chat, and then we'll put some up uh, at the end of the show, right, for the book. And then, um, Say again? no, I was just saying yeah. we're we're putting links up for your book, uh, so people can awesome. can uh, click right here, click right here. We get nothing. We get Yay. nothing. <laughs> and, but at the same time, uh, <laughs> you got anything on the, you got any books coming up or in your mind now? And now you're starting to get, get fired up. Yeah. So this book is, this is my debut. And, um, so it's, you know, it's going to go do its thing now. And so I'll probably, I have a, a couple little book tours around Northern, specifically in this, in Mendocino County. And then, um, depending on how well it's received, I'd like to take that on the road and go around the country and um, the next books that I'm working on are really um, kind of a continuation of that topic of um, how to live on the planet well. And um, so the theme that I want to be playing with is kind of sci-fi, so like climate fiction and how uh, the ways that the planet is changing is influencing how we as humans need to adapt in order to continue living here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, so that's, that's my next book is really going to cover that um, specific topic. And, um, and I'm sure marijuana will come up again, probably not as central. (laughs) It's like the main topic of this book, but I think that it's just because who I am and where I come from, it's going to be something that I carry with me and will pop up in my writing from time to time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And, and the thing is, and some of these countries though, and other places and some places are really taking this thing seriously. And, not just for hemp, but talking huge, huge acreage for, for cannabis, which is unprecedented as far as like, you know, there was large, large 
bush fields in Africa, let's say, and there was some, but nobody was doing, you know, ten thousands of acres of cannabis. Really, it was like patch patchwork, and so we're going to be seeing yeah. some, seeing some global changes to a lot of like uh, places as far as like the the, rea the reality of how much they can actually grow cannabis wise, and also when they switch over to hemp and they start to realize like all the streams that they can come off of that that are much more beneficial for like local economy stuff than just the medicine yeah. side, which they, they already knew that too. But now they had like, huh? <laughs> because, you know, that's one thing that I think is going to be the, the real game changer as far as other aspects of all the things we need to live besides cannabis. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Cannabis I mean, hemp is, Hemp is the most amazing plant, you know, just fuel, fiber, and food. Like, there's very few plants that are that versatile and that uh, that readily available and that easy to grow, you know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like and, I, that. and I think right now the um, yeah. the the plastic market and the, the, that whole recyclable batteries and recyclable yes. plastic and all the things that we kind of really have to figure out because we can't have everything run on batteries and batteries be bad and then all of a sudden like we kind of never think about it because you you just toss the phone before the battery's really 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 bad but at the same time all that stuff gets you know recycled and it's not really like never really uh, earth friendly very few but now that, but for instance you know you can do that with hemp and we know we can do it and it's been tested and proven yeah but, would still need fifty million dollars to make it work, you know. And that's bottom right. one. Bottom we need some benevolent billionaires that are wanting to change the world in the right direction. Yeah, to well, invest in really sustainable regenerative cannabis. <laughs> and it's weird too because you think, like, we made a little meme the other day when, with you know, not to, I'm not sure I'm going to make a meme about the Amazon, but when you saw that and you were like, "Holy shit, that guy is paid zero taxes." And he's made ninety billion dollars profit, and you're like, okay, ninety billion dollars profit, and he can't like s throw down a few bill, like five billion straight to the Amazon. Right. You know what I mean? Which would be nothing. And even the the UN offered twenty two million, which I thought was pitiful. You know, and uh -huh. and then uh -huh. you started thinking about these numbers that these guys don't care. You know what I mean? Like. You made ninety yeah. million dollars, and you can't throw down five of ninety to the to. Yeah, capitalism is not an easy model, and it's not serving. But uh, things are changing. Well, it's like if I called my um, if I call my company Humboldt, and it wasn't from Humboldt, and Humboldt was burning, yeah. <laughs> and then I didn't throw any money at Humboldt, right. I would be the most evil person in the world, which he already is. And Amazon is burning, and yeah. places called Amazon. I'm like, wouldn't that be the first guy that would just throw down some tax and he'd get it he'd get a tax off on that probably too <laughs> he'd put five yeah. billion in and he'd pull five billion out of the other side and be like yep see there you go uh or he'd make five billion totally. or something stupid uh so what's the and besides the the link that we put for uh one shop to get your the ones is there any other uh, sites that people want to check out for uh for your book um, yeah, so my website is maureenatura.com, and um, it has different links on there to, uh, you can get the book on Bookshop. It's it's also on Amazon, like we were just saying, it, the ebook <laughs> version is. Yeah. Um, 
it's on Barnes Noble. It's on like most major retailers, uh, like Target's also. Um, and locally in Mendocino County, I've got it at all the independent bookstores here. And um, so that's, yeah, ideally, you know, support independent bookstores. If uh, you have an independent bookstore in your town, you can request my book and they will, you know, bring it. So that's another way is like people can get around the loophole of getting through the really massive uh, big boxes or the big the big stores um, is just to go to their local independent bookstore and say, hey, I want this book. And uh, there's like a wholesale publishing system set up for that and they can order the book and get it there. And so it's uh, it's $20 nationwide it's on Sunday. And um, it's been great talking with you, Adam. Yeah, for sure. And uh, if you're ever in Denver or uh, if we cross paths anywhere, we'll definitely get you. Love, 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 love to get you in the studio. Right now we have another. Literally, it's weird. I've been in my studio for, for about the last five weeks. And when I'm on the road, everybody wants to be here. When I'm here, nobody wants. Nobody shows up. So I'm always doing an empty seat. But next time you're here, I'd love to get you on the show. Uh, awesome. Yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah, for sure. And uh, good luck with the with the uh with the book and i'll keep my ears out and hopefully some of our listeners already saw a couple people said they were going to pick one up so we'll see we're going to we're going to double check we're going to we're going to check the next few weeks and see if they really pulled really pulled the trigger (laughs) awesome yeah it's a good one i think they'll like it it's a fun one definitely celebrates cannabis sweet awesome well thank you so much and uh have a good one take care Marie. bye thanks bye all right, and uh, yeah, I think this is going to be like the, there's going to be a whole section at the bookstore. It's going to be just like cannabis. Oh, this whole entire section over here is, you know, and it's going to be because there's there was a time period when like you go to the that would always be like the sneaky thing at the library. When how many things you could kind of like find. Like yeah. I found the mu- I got Paul Stamets How to Grow Mushroom book and stole that <laughs> in junior high school. Nice. And it was like blue and big and like thick and written really cool. Like you could tell it was written by somebody super cool. Right. So you're <laughs> like I was like this is this book's never going back. So I you know pretend I lost it or whatever and it's kind of weird. Like back then they never charged you. Remember it's like. It's kind of funny because nowadays nobody's going to know what going to a library was like and yeah, having to look at those weird cards and fucking deal with that. I mean, that was like the... Right, because now you don't even do that. You go in there and there's screens. I'm sure. I, doubt, I wouldn't even imagine people I, go in there. <laughs> like, I just don't know. It's weird. Like, by chance, I went to a library while I was in Arizona. Cause no, I mean, buddy, I know you would, but... Not, not me. Not but, you, but people. Uh, I know people would go there, right. but it must be kind of like... It must be weird... But it was also like I remember as a kid uh, when the remember when you order all the books and it take forever. Like mm-hmm. it wasn't like, like right. nowadays it's like we're like boom I ordered this shit yesterday five minutes ago why is it not here Yeah right. But back then it was like super long and I remember like by the time shit came you're like didn't remember you even ordered anything like, oh <laughs> dude I got these four books and they were always like yeah the book club kind of thing or whatever right. weird because I did that in New York when I was really really young and. It was like the, I don't know. It was, it was just funny because it was like the, between that and the library, those were like situations where I don't think, because everybody's so digitally fucking connected now. Yeah. It's crazy. It's 
crazy, man. Yeah, actually, now they have programs where you just have to get you have you just have to go to the library, get your library card, and then you can download ebooks and like uh, audio books and stuff from all the, from like a n- network of libraries and stuff. I can track you, bro. Yeah, man. That's the crazy. I mean, it's, uh, it is. Yeah. Well, no, of course. But but books are weird and cool, and definitely uh, worth <laughs> worth keeping. That's why I got my my books all around me. The Dewey Decimal System. Shout out. Shout out. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, oh wow! Look, we got your we got your mug here. Oh yeah, look at that. Join the party, bro. I joined the party. We need to have like ten people. No, I'm telling you, you got to have a green screen. You want to come on the show? You got to have a green screen. Yep. You kind of got the, the sort of vibe going. Yeah, <laughs> see, it looks, it looks it, like it. It's kind of weird. Like, you got the perfect, actually, you got the perfect background. For this one. Yeah. This week, yes. It's kind of weird. It is weird. Dude, trippy. Mm-hmm. Bro, trippy. Uh, but no, it's, it's uh, I think it's going to be, like I said, a whole section in the fucking library or in any bookstore will be the cannabis section because it's going to be hopefully i mean there's you know there, there's definitely some some swaggy books out there uh but at the same time usually uh nowadays people are pretty pretty on point because there's so much knowledge out there and there's so much free knowledge and or which is sometimes right and sometimes wrong but uh you know it's kind of like the the only thing you can really like how she did it was put through fiction and make create a story which uh you know and even though we're still that weird zone where we things were legal and now or were illegal and now they're legal and but we're still not able to kind of tell those stories yet (laughs) because they're they're just that edge right they're coming uh Speaking of stories, I don't know, our, our other guest, Alki David, I'm trying to, I, I sent out two messages to uh, Owen, so we'll see. Someone was calling early on right when we picked up with her. Yeah. But I don't know who it was. I didn't. Was it a... Um, 905? I don't know. No? All right. No, don't know. Yeah, I just, we just picked up with her, and she had some steam with what she was talking about, and I didn't want to interrupt with another call. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I think I was pretty clear. I looked back at my messages and I gave the both. I gave both time zones and all that good, all that good information. Gotcha. Uh, but yeah, uh, if if Alki comes on, I'm sure we'll have some some crazy. Cr- we'll get some crazy news. But if not, uh, we, we were talking before we got. I remember right before we started talking with uh, Maury about was the Oklahoma Cup. Which, oh yeah, I think needs uh, some addressing as far as like I mean that's one of those things where I feel like slightly responsible for for cups in general just because <laughs> like I knew in the beginning when they first came to Amsterdam like it was a pretty easy crowd to kind of like make happy because you have good weed kind of a f- little bit of a fun concept or whatever yeah you know you just put like you don't even have to put that much energy. It's not that the people were like, just people were super stoned and then they'd be like happy. Then here, couch, some, you know, put a little bit of this, that. A good band would be great. Like some good music is always a major, major, especially when people pay a lot of money. So there's like certain things people expect at a festival, but then there's like stuff you have to fucking take care of. Like you can't 
be so lame and have an event and be like, what do you mean we can't have 300 people in one toilet? You know, and of course, yeah. in the beginning, you could because you were like, uh, like we were, like slackers, and we didn't even know we were doing what we were doing. But then later <laughs> on, we figured out, like, oh, shit, that was, like, bad. So you're better off always over-anticipating whatever you got to do. And if somebody's going to get, like, 20,000 people, they better have fucking toilets for those people, water, and... You know, like free water stations like all over the fucking blaze it's 100 degrees out yeah and you don't have to give people like bottles of water and spend that much money why couldn't they get people through the doors fast enough like and that's it they have like a six deal. six people across boom 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 and uh, i think it's i don't know they were i, I wasn't i had actually it was funny I, the videos that i saw which were from my friend chance he put put up some videos that were like kind of everything that i heard that sucked because <laughs> he was standing in line and he put up a few videos and it was like one guy just hustling people with dice games and he was just pulling like hundred bills off of people because <laughs> they were standing in line couldn't go anywhere and he'd just be like let them win twice and then bam take them you know what i mean he yeah. just did that like three or four times and it was like come on guys like you can't let people like so now the whole line who knows how much that guy, the guy probably killed it yeah you know what i mean but at the same time it was just like that was going on but nobody was walking up and down and checking on people and people were passing out and i mean it was just like it Dude. sounded like a mess yeah and i did actually hear about that i saw some stuff on like twitter and, and then Instagram. i saw a video then i saw a video that was posted by high times and i was just like oh my god like they may put together like a really nice video super oh, soft and like dude gotcha. do, do, do. Yeah. people having fun and the weird part is, is that everything i saw that was back that was like the event itself didn't look busy <laughs> but, but everything was like packed lines because they couldn't get in and you know i mean it's like so that's kind of like a fail yeah that was a major fail but anyway i think all that stuff and I, like i said i feel slightly responsible just because I showed them the slacker way, like, yeah, you don't really need to do that much, man. Just get them some good weed. Yeah, they'll do safety feature. Who cares? Oh, what? What do you mean? What do you mean fire codes? But they they kind of take it to the next level because they've been through so many uh, cups and yeah, I'm just kind of like now. yeah, exactly. And so like the, the the one in '93 that we did, which was the one that kind of opened that, like, ooh, gave him the. the that's all I ever said. I never said that I invented the cups. And people were like, you said you invented it. I was like, no, 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 no. 93. So they asked me to do it. When they asked me to do it, I was like, all right, let's do it. And then when we, th when we did it, we kind of did it like you'd do it. We thought with the right, you know, little book. And we did all this stuff. And we put our energy into it. And then when it became successful, because the first year it was 85 people, or no, 50 people from there. And then, like, we had, like, maybe a hundred total or something like that you know wow. and so it was like and that hundred came mostly on the last day for the bigger party but there was people coming and going or whatever so it was like you know 50 60 people at all times right nice maybe a bit more and they were all kind of using our space and it was all super squat like squat style but it wasn't a squat we paid a lot of money for our yeah not very well furnished <laughs> spot but it was like all we just had plants growing and we just tried to make it something whatever we could and we yeah. pulled it pulled it off and it worked out good and then the next year they had 800 people so it went from that 50 50 from america to 850 people from america or something like that so they were like whoa, whoa. and then it went straight to like 3,000 and then peaked at 3,000 
and then just never went anywhere because after a while people were like hey wait a minute we're not seeing like it wasn't the same like it wasn't so good that everybody came every year which is what it should be like if you if you go to something that's so awesome then you should go then you'll want i'm coming next year this is all you know i mean you're not gonna be like all right did that which is what that was it was kind of one of those events where it was like well that was a weird right. <laughs> like yeah. shit show or whatever and there was a little bit of that and there was a lot of yeah anyway grandstanding weirdness but the event itself i mean shit you're in a state which is just begging they were begging to have something good go down you know what i mean they, they were ready for it yeah and they just like dropped the ball humongously so and the sad part was is that i like i had that message for Danny and didn't get did, didn't get a response and I was like damn I could have saved you bro yeah. <laughs> I could have saved you bro damn. but anyway hopefully they get a I mean you know they get a little and it's like weird because here they're banned for claiming the wrong numbers and saying they had you know 30,000 people and it was 80,000 people or something mm. stupid so. yeah can of success, man, bro. We're just like a victim of our own success. That's our problem. Right. Don't come to the events, please. Huh. Stay away. We don't want them to be good. Should um, we do some shout outs? Yeah, let's do the shout outs. Cool. And, uh, yeah, we got to get, um, we got to get on the thing because we have about just enough time to do giveaway after that and then uh we'll see if alki calls in if not we'll get alki on the show soon because he he was gonna get mike i told him bring mike on we'll have mike tyson and alki and then it'll be a star-studded event but at the same time wow you know it'll be interesting because it'll be that's crazy yeah that'd be so insane okay it'd be an interesting combo wouldn't it (laughs) wow man so let's see we'll that's wild. Before we get excited like that, mm-hmm. like things that aren't even happening, let's right. stick to the fucking reality of life, right. which is if you're growing plants, and especially if you're growing plants on any kind of scale or for the man working who's paying the bills and he really wants to see some results, check for check New Millennium, check their uh, uh, calculator, kind of see if that works in your price scheme, which I guarantee you that will. But on top of that, uh, usage, uh, the amount of use, uh, per unit uh, let's say and the timing and everything of these of this products makes everything just like run smooth and uh, super efficient which is what people want but on top of that flavors terps weights all the thing all the, all the bells and whistles that any grower uh, uh, guy wants that's behind the wheel of a operation and you can also these ones that can you know, these are the smaller sizes two and a half gallon and five gallon but you can also get the the big daddies and click them onto your dosatrons and be ready to roll. So if you're if you're in that sort of category and you're looking for the the products that will enhance your your finished product and then sort of set you out for the rest, check newmillenniumnutrients.com. Give them the old uh, done deal. At least get yourself a pet box uh, so you can check out some of their additives or external products i think the winter frost is in there and the ruby and the uh, pk and or the decision should be in one of those boxes too sometimes they're sometimes all of them sometimes they they especially with the done deal they just throw more i read an email that someone used the done deal at seats here now and they also use it at their local grow store 
Nice. Yeah, and they let him. They gave him like a little bit off or something like that. Grocer, see, there you go. Yeah, local grocer. They they knew, they knew about us and they, the they were like, deal. all right, done deals working around here. See, oh. always worth trying. Yeah, always worth trying. Nice, um, but yeah, you can go to newmillenniumnutrients.com. Obviously, like I said, done deal, and uh, they've been on the foot sh- show a few times. We'll have them again coming up soon. Hopefully, but one day we can get Neil on. We've been tr- we've been you know threatening that for like five years, mm. but one day, yeah, one day Neil will come on. I should get him and the bro on the same day. That'll be crazy. It'll be one of those like what? Oh boy! I heard on the now the bro. There's a bro update. He will be traveling from west to east, and so there's maybe a. I may have to call you and there may be this may be the one time I have to tape something where yeah I'll just get on yeah if that's the case and or I'll, it'll be know. a live it'll be a weird live middle of the night like two in the morning yeah live Adam Dunn show what the fuck's going on people will be like what it'll be like the bro show just happened nice anyway bro bro alert I was just that was just a, a live bro alert in the middle there uh, Incredibles Incredibles Edibles uh, those guys are the man and he's one of those. Uh, He's one of those uh, companies, or he, they are one of those companies that, you know, uh, stand behind their products and also put out some amazing uh, front-to-end grow, oil, extracts, uh, edibles, uh, uh, you know, sort of bath products, you know, externals, internals, everything. We're covering it all. Suppositories, right? We have the front, back. Up, down, left, and right. Everything covered, guys. Yeah, man. There's nothing we haven't covered. You can be completely slathered in You can be slathered and dipped in Incredibles (laughs) at any given moment. So just get on to iloveincredibles.com. Check out the site. Throw the done deal at them just so they know what's going on. They won't know what to hit them. But maybe something will happen. But soon they're going to have a deal, a real deal, because they have a new product coming out. And when that new product comes out, it's going to be one of those uh, only available to, well, not only available, but very f- lucky few and those lucky few, a bunch of those will be Adam Dunn show listeners but then it's going to be pretty uh, much you have to be in Colorado so it's like we're limiting it we're limiting again the, until until further ado because they're in a bunch of different states now mm-hmm. I'm not sure about the new product that's coming out I think that'll be like an in-house Colorado deal gotcha but we're all excited we don't know what it is I don't know is it going to be weed I think so some sort of weed that's my guess mm-hmm. uh, but yeah they've like i said covered every single base you can check them out i love incredibles.com and uh yeah bong bathing booth perfect that's it yeah, man. it's like uh it's like a one-stop shop and uh you will know, we'll have we'll have derek on soon hopefully with some some samples yeah of the new the new unknown product from incredibles Build the soil. Uh, those guys are now in the middle of some big, like now things are starting to pump. So it's interesting because you know they they were behind some large scale hemp projects over there on the western slope. They've been putting out some awesome nutrients, truckloads in, truckloads out. It's fun to watch because you know it's like when newts are a lot like bombs, like when you're or seeds and bombs, all of those things. Like you're just sending them out and you know they're gonna go in and they're gonna cover this much of an area and it's sometimes amazing because now people are talking especially in the hemp game like 2,000 acres you know and you're like 2,000 acres you're like oh, that's a lot of fucking hemp and yeah. that's and that's not you know that's just one farm and there's you know, or 
multiple pivots on one farm, but there's that kind of shit's happening, and these guys are able to bring your game up no matter what, uh, whether it be smokable flour on the hemp side, uh, if it's uh, obviously cannabis, you know, and you can, you know, if you want to put a little bit extra money into your, to your CBD products or whatever, and go for it, but <laughs> we'll see. Uh, but yeah, it's just it's, building your soil is the way to go in general, and uh, those guys have it down. So check them out, buildasoil.com. Use the done deal. Definitely get you a discount off of their stuff. I think it's fifteen percent, but you never know with them. You never know. They might even throw in some extra deals. Have been known to. Uh, so the uh, brings us next to Green Farms. Greenfarms.co, another organic-based company here in Colorado. Uh, got their own dispensary in. Uh, Colorado Springs. So if you're in the area and you're a medical patient and you want to pick up some w- completely organic grown no-till uh, cannabis, you can go there. Use the done deal. Something's going to happen, I think. Have to by now. I mean, must must must, must something must happen. Uh, but yeah, definitely tell them you need that done deal. Uh, and also, uh, you can check out their grow shop if you're in Louisville, which is near uh, Boulder here in Colorado, and they have full range of organic uh, inputs like their own in-house stuff from uh, buffalo and uh, their own soy, their own uh, worm castings and now also mushroom uh, growing products and so they're, they're, they're definitely covering a lot of bases and they're also in the hemp game like I said like everybody but doing it right organic and uh, check them out and give ask for the done deal at any time you talk to them and uh, it's greenfarms.co uh, is the is the website. Mm-hmm. Dun, 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 dun. There they are. And next we have our guys. Treasure. At Treasure, who have thrown up their logo today. They I had their, their I gave saw them, that. Saw that right. I gave him some extra credit. Extra yeah. extra extra. Petey got some credit. He gave me some good ideas, and I think we're gonna use them. So oh, uh, nice. Yeah some packaging ideas and Petey's always thinking he's one of those guys he's like and he gave me some ideas and, and of course he overthought it and I sort <laughs> of made it more like yes this is that is not cost effective at all uh, but I'll, I'll, I'll show them soon but in general if you're in uh, Barcelona and you want to uh, experience some super cool people and good ex- good uh, you know, just good atmosphere cannabis there available right there uh, you go to Treasure Barcelona Go online. You can check it out. Uh, grab a cab. Go to the door. Hit the buzzer. Tell them you want the done deal. We'll get you free entrance, which is normally about thirty-five euros. So that's a good deal right mm-hmm. there. On top of that, you get treated like a king or queen. Petey will take care of you. That's right. Joints will be rolled. Girls will ask. You know, music will be changed if you need it to be. I miss it, man. It was fun. Right can take over all the areas if you need but no good good place good people uh and also some of my strains will be there uh or, you know strains of my strains grown there by people of my stuff i can't say my somebody grow it. but in general uh they've, <laughs> they've had some seeds over there for a little while somehow magically fell out of a bag or something like that wow. uh, whoa bro something happened but uh they have some fromage and some uh the uh, She-Hulk and a couple other ones. 
What's your favorite out of the Sage Masters? Oh, out of the Sage Masters? Um, it depends. Like, I mean, it depends on what you're looking for. If you're looking for like uh, just structure and, and all that good stuff, mm-hmm. structure, flavor, smell. Um, but 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 at the same time, a little bit on the like the ability to uh, like kind of it's still a little watery those plants. Mm-hmm. Or not even, well, I don't know. They still grow hard and dense, but it's kind of like they're they're just holding a little bit more. Uh, those are the jasmine catfish crosses, but sometimes you get certain ones of those that are just fire. So it's like I don't know. It's like that. Those crosses I like, um, but uh, the Osage ones I think are more interesting. They 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 definitely have a a, a very sagey dominant. Nice. I got the list up right now. Oh, good. Anyways, but yeah, uh, right. that and was just chat game was asking. So. Yes, and the fromage definitely has got some fire, smaller but you know very cheesy kind of thing where they're uh, nuggy and uh, but they have that they're all very very sage dominant. I, I noticed as far as smell and flavor. I think other people will notice that too. So if you like it, you like it. And if you don't, you don't. That's kind of where it's always been like that with sage. Yes, there you go. And the Tim Age, of course, is very limited. There's not much of that. Oh, really? Tim Age. Yeah, I should have added a few more M's or something, but whatever. <laughs> Didn't have the room. So um, the that's that Thundercat, lemony. The Thundercat is actually really, really, really fucking good. That's the Northern Light Five Skunk One, Jasmine Campus, and that one. Everybody who's grown that one has been just like fuck. Like that's just a beast. You know, room filler. And, Seems to be one of the best ones, and of course that just like is never going to be re- repeated again because that was one of the plants that was lost in the the great oh, wow. the great shift yeah. in, <laughs> in the local policies here. Sure. So I was like, oh no, that was like all that. That's what I was kind of really aiming on, and that was so that one that was in there. That was in there. Yeah. Um, the actually got people who are on week or on day thirty nine with the worst named weed in the world, which is the dark piss. <laughs> but it was pretty much like, uh, so I call it drink more water if you want to like That's funny. have a different name for it. Drink more water. So people are like, what is that? Drink more water? What are you talking about? It's That's like, funny. It'll be very confusing. It's a confusing name, but dark piss, which would be dark star and, and jasmine cat piss. So I couldn't really take out the dark. I could keep the star. But I can't star cat, you know what I mean? It's like, eh, huh. it's like whatever. <laughs> dark piss, that's good, but that, you know. And most people have dark piss, and they need to fucking drink more water. They do need. To so drink that's more water. it's like almost like a unit. It's almost like a mad, like a magic trick where you know, like, eighty percent of the people need more water. Yeah. Uh, the if you like sativas, then the zaytage and the the. Um, the sage master is a little bit like a weird like big big i mean grows huge but has very big leaves they're kind of like as they get bigger though they like they're huge and so they're sativa if they were the right size but they're kind of like so big that they feel like they're in you know what i mean it's like one of those weird yeah prehistoricish kind of sweet but beautiful and the, oh and the jet fuel is a more rounded plant really nice uh Big yield. It can be a big yield or two, but a lot of smaller buds. So anyway, but that Thundercat, which is the NL5 Skunk One Jasmine, that's like the very uh, super super limited one plant. That was it, and that one's 
That's the one I would grab if I like the one. Thundercat. Oh, one. Uh-huh. Nice. Aptly named by uh, Andy. So oh, cool. Yeah. Oh, like, nice. Oh, I was like, oh yeah, Thundercat. I wasn't fucking claimed that yet. Fuck that. Yeah. I got it. Thundercat. I, didn't even, I mean, I was too old to watch Thundercat, so I didn't really like. I was too. I was like, eleven years. That old. was like my. That was my my. I like Thundercat. Of course you did. Yeah, so see there, you got the fucking oh my god. Yeah. And Tim Age, of course, you know that's like that's Timmy's. That was a little bit. I mean, I haven't grown enough of that out to. I mean, stability wise, I don't know because it's kind of all. It's still an inbreeding. Is that the one that's story. like kind of like lemony sort of like? Th- yeah. Yeah, that lemony. It's more. It's got. It's yeah. almost like the two's fucking Ohio, uh, G. Yeah, it's weird. It's got that soapy weird thing, and you're like, "What? Wait a minute!" I really like that. I remember that from the last eight Adzi. Yeah, and it was awesome. It was awesome. So it's that one, and um, uh, the the uh, the onion mail, right? So it's got that kind of like the, and that has that kind of like arm. That's got that also sharp vibe going on it too. So yeah, yeah, there. It's interesting, but it's also one of those plants that kind of. I'm scared that the moms might have fucking dud thing now, you know? Like, they're at that phase where after this last round, they kind of seem like they just stopped. Like, like what happened? They're, just, yeah. they're not growing so much, but it's weird. Alrighty. So there you go. Cool, man. So get those, because they may never be around again, too. Might be like, sorry, man. Don't have them anymore. Yeah. Uh, Onward to uh, Seeds Here Now. Seeds Here Now. If Speaking of seeds, you can pick up all these genetics at Seeds Here Now, uh, which is seedsherenow.com, of course. And their website is super on point now. Everything is there under one roof. You can con- you can use the ad- you can use the uh, done deal on the checkout. And all the in-house breeders there are pretty much top top level ones from the states a few from out of the country but that's a good bogo for the most part they're like really on the uh cutting edge of working with the best people and also you know that takes a lot more than you think just because when you have so many breeders trying to work with such limited amount of gene pool at a certain point there's going to be a overlap and he kind of takes that into account and if somebody has something before somebody else and it's theirs, and it can be documented, then he won't let somebody else take it. So, uh, uh, you know, it won't, it wouldn't be, uh, you know, so it would be respected, and you wouldn't wouldn't take that over the other one. So I think that's what you want, a company with morals. Also, they have their BOGO going on, uh, which is, um, which is uh, the... Uh, I one get one free, of course, which I t- didn't know for a while. I thought it was some seed company ripping everybody off. <laughs> I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Every single one of these is a jack. Because I thought it was this times this and that times that. Little did I know. It was an acronym. Uh, so the, uh, again, done deal. And the, all the breeders, like if you go back to a lot of our shows, a lot of the breeders that come on here and, uh, one that I could call, or I should have, is Mr. James Loud, because he's dropping the Sage and Sour crosses soon, I think, and so we'll be doing a little uh, drop in the near future, and uh, we're in the testing phase, so we're not there yet. Nice. It's going to be another few more months. There's some awesome Labor Day sales going on. Labor Day yeah. sales. Um, 
Yeah, I think Thundercat is available at James's thing. I think it just wasn't called Thundercat on his thing yet because uh, Andy came up with that and I threw that down just recently, whereas before it just said what it was. Is it the blockage or something? No, it's no. not the blockage. Oh. It, it was that, and I think he has it. Which uh, just, I'm not sure if he put it out yet, so I'm going to have him uh, gotcha. update his site soon with that at least. So there will be that for sure in the next 24 hours. He will, I think, because I think he has the seeds. He just hasn't put them in because he, we didn't have a name. Gotcha. So now we do. So that's how Thundercat. Thundercats are go. Yes, and exactly that. So and uh, again, check out their, their website for their forum also, which is just really cool. So you can talk to all the breeders, get some inside scoops. And uh, with me, just listen to the show. It's a lot easier because if you go on there, you'll be like in a go- ghost town. Aha! Here we go. Welcome to the hey. welcome to the Adam Dunn show. Who we got there? Is it that Owen? Adam. Or is this Alki? Hey, how's it going? It's Alki, David. How are you, Adam Dunn? I'm doing good, my friend. How are you doing? You good? Good. Um, you want me to try calling you back on a Skype call? If you want, yeah, for sure. We can pull your pull your uh, image up if you like. Uh. Or, or you can yeah, stand on this not? one. I you mean, can. It'll be, it'll be. I mean, it'll be. I'm shirtless in Malibu. <laughs> yeah, don't worry about it. Just stay on the That's line. That's all right, man. We're good. No, I'd say. <laughs> so I'll let you just be. I'll let you be shirtless in Malibu. How's that? You can explain to us how awesome it is. But in general, uh, welcome to the I'll show. Welcome, welcome to the show. Let me go. Let me go inside. Let me go inside. And the words. Oh shit! My dog's still out on the beach. Oh shit! Hold on. Uh, well, I'll stay here for. Uh, he's fucked up about a mile up the beach now. Oh Jesus. Come back. So, um, what would you like? What would you like to do? How would you like to set this up? Oh no, it's fine. We're, we're fine like this. This is good as long as you got. As long as you uh, are comfortable, uh, we can have a chat. Oh. We can just do it. Keep it like this. This is fine. Uh, sure. If you had like, if you were like, uh, if you were like uh, in your studio or somewhere where it made more sense, that'd be fine. I heard. I think last how, week how you were you, last week where you were in your uh, be, your your Rolls Royce or something. So I thought that'd be cool, of course. But <laughs> but but in general, well, I can be. How about how about if I'm shirtless in my Rolls Royce? Oh no, it's fine. That's that. It's okay. We're we're, we're good. We're good. <laughs> <All right. laughs> so, All Mr. Right. Mr. Davis, uh, I heard you had a tumultuous uh, couple weeks recently with crazy crazy things you had to deal with. Uh, I guess. I mean, I know. Last time we talked, you were dealing with the uh, the incident at the airport and all that. How how'd that get? Did that go anywhere? Or that's yeah. Happening is is that I'm supposed to be in Eager. Uh, oh, sorry, in on the twenty, I think the first or twenty third September to uh, doing. But I'm actually um, filing for a change in the law, mm-hmm. in which case my case will then get stayed. Uh, and at the same time, we will do some serious chat. It follows British law. Uh, you know, uh, you know, as we know what to do. The law is outdated. Hemp is not a class A narcotic. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and the law is outdated. And, and uh, as prolific as they are, particularly with the kind of staff that we've hired at recently at SwissX, um, the guy who cloned my dog is now the head of our genetics business. 
and 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 we've got some really cool things coming. We've we've got THC, uh, high THC and high CBD uh, hops and apples coming. Really? How about that? That's a, that would be interesting as hell. Of course, that sounds like a. Uh, yeah. That sounds like so. You, so it sounds. Hold like, on, this motherfucker's running towards my dog. Uh, okay, dude, dude, don't run to you. Don't do that. He's gonna fucking bite you. Don't fucking do that. That is a very fucking stupid thing to do, my man. Please stay away. All right. I'm just, I'm just panicking because I didn't want him to bite you. All right. Well, yeah, he's meant to bite. Really? Yeah. Did you make it my dog? No, he's his own dog. See it any guys. Yeah, sorry, Adam. No problem. No problem. We love. We love a little. We always love a little side action on the show. Um, so, so uh, the so the court case is later in January. You said I, I kind of broke up when you. When no, you, September. In September. Oh, September. We're, we're, oh, so we're just around the corner. Filing. Yep, just around the corner. Well, uh, so listen, he's um. I think I, he's related. Uh, you know, I told you the original Hamilton, and is uh, anyway. So he's filing for the change in the law, um, which you know I, I'm pretty confident will will get passed. Uh, I've since formed a strategic relationship in Antigua, so I'll be headed out that way as well when I go to St. Kitts to appear in the court and, uh, uh, you know, that they'll probably, they'll probably handcuff me again temporarily, uh, which will be a little bit, uh, a little bit, it'll be a fun picture. And, uh, and then I'll head off to, to Antigua and, um, and, uh, and then I'll, uh, uh, I was setting up this bank and, um, the, the, we were offering uh, merchant processing for CBD, uh, manufacturers, suppliers, hemp, hemp growers and so on. And um, we're offering uh, merchant services, electronic services uh, that are also uh, designed to be, uh, uh, you know, to respect sort of different uh, jurisdictions and different, you know, uh, THC levels and CBD products. And, you know, so, the, so we've started a market of futures against the crops and the products that we're producing and the distribution outlets that we've developed. So, you know, Mike Tyson's Dwink in 7-Eleven is tied to a future of a uh, billion dollars worth of uh, biomass produced in California, and then we sell that future as you would any other future commodity. Right. Yeah, no, it's definitely, the, the engines are starting to get primed up. And so, um, so the, yeah, so you've been working with him on the Twink. That was like, that was one of those insane sort of sounding yet awesome branding kind of uh moments where you're like wow there's somebody who can definitely you know take it take it to the chin literally <laughs> even though they take it a million other times and then totally but you know accept it in that sense and make it funny and from us and from a hopefully from a ingredients point of what's the ingredients that are like, like, like kind of is there anything super shady in there <laughs> what's going on with the joinks because it, it's one of those ones i haven't seen i haven't seen the label or what was the base on those? How those things produced? Well, on the Dwink? Yeah. What's the sort of? Yeah, I'll send you a video. I'll send you a video of it. It's basically Mike Tyson in a bar, and he goes, "I want a Dwink," uh -huh. and then they shoot him over a, a can of a CBD infused drink called Dwink, 
uh, and uh, he he takes a hit on it and starts dancing. It's it's a it's a funny you know it's a funny play on his uh, lisp. Yeah, no, no, no. I actually I've seen that. Yeah, I'm just saying I haven't seen the actual product in my hand, so I haven't actually seen. The, the ingredient list is, is it a um, what what's the other major oh, yeah, yeah. what's the other uh, major it, ingredients it, do you know? Uh, well, look, uh, I mean, obviously CBD is the primary ingredient, but you know we're we're still waiting for the uh, California law to change now here, yeah, where CBD is allowed in uh, you know in the food. in the edibles. Right here and, in Colorado, uh, you can you can launch here. I mean, we do have it here. Here it's legal. Right. Well, you know, we we want to launch here with a whole. We've got a whole plan to roll out a hologram. Uh, a hologram podcast with Mike that will tr- that will tour on these hologram uh, hologram stage trucks that I built. Uh, at, you know they're branded with SwissX uh, SwissX uh, you know a material, and then uh, we're setting up these uh, uh, cannabis experiences uh, to begin with around California with these two hologram trucks, creating a virtual uh, you know a virtual festival experience infused with. Uh, CBD and uh, you know um, uh, and uh, you know and uh, lots of other lo- you know lots of other uh, uh, you know lots of other sort of uh, cannabis delights and sort of and we're we're going to tour we're going to do the 7-Eleven tour as we tour around the, around the, around uh, you know we're in 400 7-Eleven uh, stores now in Vegas for example right so yeah that's a lot of touring so, <laughs> that's uh, a big tour we're gonna yeah. hit every single so, so, show yeah we'll, we'll go to the big car parks you know we'll go to the yeah. big car parks. Like we're going to do one right here in Malibu, right, right outside Vitamin Barn. Vitamin Barn is one of our outlets. They're a, they're a local, um, you know, health food vitamin sh- uh, shake, shake and sandwich store, which is very popular on the surface. So we, we're doing a whole hologram experience outside in the car park here at the plaza in Malibu. Um, uh, in the, in the, I think it's in two, two and a half weeks. Uh, we're going to be rolling out a, the cannabis experience there as well. So really a lifestyle, you know, lifestyle health infused, um, you know, Red Bull, you know, it's the equivalent of a Red Bull for cannabis, right? Because right. they're doing a lot of extreme sports in Switzerland and here in Malibu. Mm-hmm. So that's the, uh, that's the, that's the take. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, that is definitely the, the market, which is, seems to be the, the one when it does really go full steam and there is legal. Cause that's a problem too. Like you said, everybody's kind no, of sitting right. on the side waiting, but there's so much money already invested and then projected on it. Just like, Wow. That's going to be just like a complete game changer, and and I mean it's good, but at the same time, it's also invites a bunch of bullshit too. You know what I mean? So there's going to be that whole like, if you do it right, I think you survive. If you don't, you will make some money right out of the gate. But you down the long run, people will just be like, well, you know, I'm looking for stuff that it's just about inputs of being good ingredients. That's why I asked earlier if uh, look, look, if you knew look, it was in look, it. Look, it's so important. It is so important. Look, I mean, my, my SwissX products, the reason why I got into this game to begin with is because of the amazing benefits that, you know, high-strength cannabinoidals have to offer, or, or, you know, on such a wide range of stuff. Um, but for me, I developed this stuff to give to my, uh, my family and myself, and then it grew from there. So, you know, SwissX is a brand being a Swiss sort of, uh, it's Swiss origin with Swiss, you know, we have very, very high, very high-quality uh, you know, very high quality, but very, very high volume. So, you, but you get a you get a lot of cannabis for uh, you know for a very low cost. You know, Nineteen bucks, you're getting a uh, 110 milligrams of uh, you know 65 percent CBD, uh, full spectrum CBD, right? And um, and uh, it, it's you know it's power, it's important. It's got to have an effect. You got to get high. You got to get lit somehow from this stuff in order to get a real deep effect. And uh, and so that 
I hope answers your question. Yeah, I think, I mean, it's, it's, it has to work. That's the most, what you're basically saying, which is the most important part, I think, in all this stuff. Because there's, there's going to be, again, so many people putting out so much. It's kind of like, you know, uh, I'd say like, you know, classic, uh, isolate only, not really understanding full spectrum, sort of delivering maybe on the numbers, but not necessarily on the delivery method that makes it work. Kind of like how cannabis is too, where, you know, edibles only yeah. work sometimes sometimes too good mostly too good either like too good or not at all that's kind of the the trend right but it's kind of like that with a lot of hemp products in general like if, you, if you take something all day and it doesn't really work because but it has a good you know the rest of it's kind of good and it sells on its other merits <coughs> then it's kind of like just a joke but if it's if something that works then it's also you know i think it's great that's why i kind of I look at all the different products. Well, I mean, look, 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 look at Rick Simpson oil, right? I mean, Rick Simpson oil, I've got a ton of it always at home, uh-huh. right? And Rick Simpson oil is, uh, is, is something that is like a daily thing. It's a, it's a topical or it's, a, you know, it, it's, the, it's the original. It's the whole original concept of saving lives and making our lives better philosophy in that product, right? Yeah. And that's, yeah, and that's I mean, what... He, he gets a lot of credit. He gets a lot of credit. He gets, almost, he gets a little bit too much credit because the problem is that he was using NAPTA which is like this mm. most poisonous fucking solvent to do his process. And so it was like, it took people to go like, hey, guy, maybe you want to tone it down a little bit because you don't really need to use that. And, you know, now we're like light years ahead when it comes to extraction methods to the point where it's like we're we're thousand times ahead than, than we were when Rick started. But, but he did do it and deliver it to a bunch of people. And the thing is that cannabis is so effective that through all that yeah. poison that he was putting it in, it fucking came, made some proper shit that was like, wow. Imagine when you did it good <laughs> with non-poison, you know? So, yeah, it's kind of a, it's, it's a, it is a miracle plant in that sense. So it's awesome to work with. It's great. It, it, it's the best it's, it's difficult. It's difficult to tone it down when you're high, though, the Rick Simpson. That's speaking on behalf of Rick Simpson. You know? Yeah. Yeah, and also that stuff, I mean, the yeah. thing is it's very... You're very raw at that point. When you're yeah. a pioneer, when you're a pioneer, you know you're going to piss everybody off. Sure, and uh, and a lot of that stuff is like, and then you're going to get blown out of proportion too, where people like take certain things for gospel, especially later on, a couple more years. Because uh, I mean, he he's also one of those elusive characters. You know, he's on the run, he's over here, he's doing this, mm. he's doing that. So you kind of like. He, he came at a very interesting time period. He gave a lot of people medicine. Those people mm-hmm, felt mm-hmm, the effects, mm-hmm. and the effects kind of rippled out from there. And it was kind of a, it's a good, it's a good awakening. But at the same time, that's the thing is I know that people who listen to my show, if they, if they hear you say Rick Simpson oil, they're kind of like, mm-hmm. they want to hear, you know, they want, they want to hear any other description just because they, they, there's a lot of that like, you know, let's not. Well, well, you know, you know, you know, Adam. If you if you want to really talk about healing and about bio healing, uh-huh. for me. Without a doubt, the, the most powerful medicine that we have on Earth uh, is 5-MeO-DMT. Sure. And, and, all that, and all that class of compounds. Mm-hmm. But primarily, mm-hmm. that particular compound yeah, is yeah. the most powerful medicine that, uh, that I, I, I certainly, from all the heaps of research and the amount of money that I've spent in finding out and my own personal experiences, that is by far the standalone one thing that you know, your audience, I, I believe, really would appreciate an sure. understanding more of. Well, the biophotin or the DMT from the would, would, synthetic version of it, or what would be what would from be the, the from the from the sonorotone from the uh, or the uh, b- 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 uh, 
Buffo alvarius is its Latin name. is a it's it's the only toad in the world that secretes uh, uh, from its glands on its body. So you don't mm-hmm. kill the the creature in order to extract it. Yeah. You just squeeze its glands and and you let it dry and smoke it, and that's yeah. and from there you have your ayahuasca. It's the caviar of ayahuasca, is what it is. You know, that and ibogaine, which comes from the tree. But for me, that that's like a three-day vomit show, vomit show that is of no interest to me. I did that once, and I'll never do it again. I saw all my fucking ancestors and my future selves, and they were awful people. So um, I will never do that again. Yeah, ibogaine is one of those but, ones that, that had like a... Because in Holland, when I lived in Holland, they used to do that as therapy. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it, I asked my mom nothing. about it, and she said, yeah, you know, it's not... You don't really want to. It's kind of one of those. It's one of those ones that's not recreational in any way, shape, or form. So, uh, definitely, I, I, exactly I what you said. Meet your ancestors. Cousin. Those kind of things. Those are those are definitely one of the key points. So is you know, shitting yourself and not losing you know three days of functioning and a lot of other things. So, sounds pretty rough. It's very so. dramatic. Very dramatic <laughs> stuff. Super dramatic stuff. Now, five of your DMT last fifteen minutes and you're in it. I had my cousin who lives in England. He's a Formula 2 driver. He, uh, he's a real sort of, uh, you know, high-octane sports guy. And he was over here, and, he, and I took him. I did a ceremony with him here in Malibu. And he, uh, you know, I mean, uh, you know, are I, you I, I could burning? be back Are you guys burning it in the skin, or are you doing it? Which way are you doing it? Uh, it's, uh, I have, uh, you know, I have, it, uh, I have toads in Greece. And uh, and uh, and I uh, harvested some before I left. I just had a little bit with me, and uh, um, and uh, and I we did it here in Malibu, and uh, right on the right on the beach. The I did it here the first time I did it here, and uh, eight fucking seals came out of the ocean. I swear to God, I swear to you, eight seals, real freaking seals. It's not unusual for our beach to have seals and and dolphins and stuff, but eight of them so close to the shore was highly unusual. And they popped up just as I came down. For it came back to my uh, to my ego self, incomplete. Well, the uh, well, the uh, yeah, I think DMT in general, uh, because now it's it's interesting as far as you know. I think I tried it back in '93 or four, and it was like it. it I didn't need to. I, I had it then, and then I had it like a, two, a couple years later, and a couple. I like it. Every time I did it, I felt like I was resetting myself, and I definitely didn't mm. like need to like run out and do it again or anything. But then later, when mm. I like, and I knew Americans are so Moorish, you know what I mean? They want more, 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 more all the time. And so, uh, uh, my cousin would like load joints with DMT and just pass them into crowds and just be like, "Here, you, you know, like," and I was like, "Dude, you guys are so fucking bad!" Like they're just like, but, you but, know, but, but, just but guys. Like, I got to tell you, five meo DMT is different. Is five methoxydimethyltryptamine, which is five times DMT. So it is combined six times stronger hmm. than or uh, than regular DMT. DMT is a hallucinogenic. Right, that is an that is an in body experience. Five um, meo DMT truly is a transcendental, multi dimensional afterlife experience, or at least an experience of an understanding of our consciousness that is outside of the one that we have all agreed upon. Mm-hmm. You know, we have agreed on a conscious understanding and a, and a conscious reality of what 
this experience that we're having is. But, you know, we still don't know what the fuck light is, let alone knowing what death is or mm-hmm. even what I am. Right? I mean, what the fuck am I? I ask myself, what am I? I have no fucking clue what I am. Do you know what you are, Adam? What are you? Right. No, it's, it's definitely one of those. I mean, like when you do know what you are, it's really fucking be even more bizarre. You're like, so I'm basically not me. I'm just a bunch of fucking bacteria. And I'm just like a big sack of fucking, you know. And it's true. And it's one of those things where the, the more you know, uh, the, the weirder it gets. But on top of that, taking uh, and psychedelics open those crazy connections. And that's what I always noticed with uh, the, the those DMT and those fast acting kind of uh drugs always had that like kind of like a copy machine where it would just scan everything would connect and you just get that chance to like get all those in and while you're in the zone you can jump from anything to anything and have that kind of like ability to be like like and and also at the same time no control whatsoever because those first few seconds you just kind of pass out anyway and then in that zone you're kind of like helpless but yet you know obviously safe but in a weird way like you 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 definitely go like the first time i did it i was by myself and i was looking at a candle and then then when i actually hit me and this is regular dmt not not the the five meo and that was strong enough do we lose him oh yeah i think he's gone hey sorry lost you there um yeah, I was just saying that the first time that I did it, I was by myself and uh, sitting and looking at a candle and then like literally uh, was floating around that candle in my mind and just tripping out so hard how like everything I had like that. I kind of, when I look back, I'm like, yeah, I was like totally putting way too much in the pipe and smoking way and trying way too hard because I hit like five times on it and you know by the time I got halfway through the fifth hit it was like I couldn't even I I froze (laughs) I remember just like ding but you you guys want to hear something really cool Uh uh-huh sorry to interrupt you no problem no go for it I have to leave a guess I have to actually leave in two minutes but I do want to I do want to uh, I do want to um, drop this in Hmm? in Antigua Mike Tyson and I going out to Antigua to start Rastaland. And what Rastaland is, other than being a corporate farming of hemp growers, it's also a Jurassic Park-style experience of seeing both hologram, uh, hologram-based uh, resurrections of uh, prehistoric creatures as well as some genetically grown extinct animals like bison. Uh, and then having a full-on 5-MEO DMT experience, finishing off with a hand job in the four seasons. <laughs> right? So that is basically kind of... <laughs> That's a very VIP, very VIP, very VIP uh, yeah. experience there. Exactly, exactly. It's a whole new holiday package, packaging experience. Wow. Hopefully, as long as Mike or you are not giving a hand job, we're all good. I think uh, that, one, that would be like one of those <laughs> games. That would, be a, that would <laughs> yeah. definitely be a, a killer of that one. Um, uh, but guys, no, I, love you. I love to leave you Adam it's very nice to meet you uh, can, can we uh, can we uh, can we get you in the future come in and talk maybe with Mike and we'll, we'll have a chat and it'll be kind of fun when you have a little more time and you're in the right space uh, keep me informed right. always good to talk good luck with everything yep. yes of course alright peace man that's alright we have five minutes left anyway and did we um, finish our draw shows we did not 
uh, we have to do the giveaway. Where the fuck's? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Oh so. yeah, giveaway, 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 Illuminar giveaway. Okay, so I got three picked up here. I have one that I like, but and you have the word, and you have the word. Um, yeah, you got the one that they sent. Yeah, and you know who you're talking to now, there, and everything at that at there. Uh, at Liz or Liz? yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yes, okay. Yeah. Is that name? I I have to check. Oh my god, I'm so bad at, at names in uh, person. But and now, but now you know who to contact. Yeah. So dun, this. Dun, 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 dun. So right here's my pick, but I have two other ones pulled up because that's what we have. No, this one, this thing, this thing, that's good. Good start. He's got a good start. Yes. He's got a good start. Oh, he's not. He's 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 not killing the game as far as he's not like trying to flex and tell him he's got forty seven lights because that doesn't really work either. Right. If you're like, I got forty seven lights. <laughs> you're like, so what do you need a free light for? <laughs> so it's so okay. We got that zone. Oh, he does like stories. That he likes the rambling. That's good. Yeah. Uh, okay. So I live the broad. Like, hey, there we go. I'm, 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 I'm down to try this one to start with. We'll start All with right. this one. Okay. And you're gonna, and you're gonna. Uh, Give him a call. Give him a call. All righty. Because dreams happen on the Adam Dungeon. We'll see. We'll see. Is there some new show on or something like that? I don't know. Right. <laughs> something. Something else going on. And you know the word? Yes. Okay, good. That's the hardest part. That's the hardest part. Yo, yo, who we got on the phone? This oh, is, this is Daniel. Hey, Dan, hey, Daniel, this is Adam from Adam Dunn Show. Oh, hey, how's it going? Good. Uh, I checked out your, uh, I didn't read anything about it yet, but now I got you on the phone, so we, uh, we want to congratulate you on your 100, at that point it was 107 days, this has been a few, this has been what, this is only a couple days, oh, this is very early. Okay, so 107 days alcohol free, which is awesome. Yeah, Congrats. yeah, definitely. Congrats. I'm on my two and a half year something. Yeah. Yeah, a lot. Which is Same great. here. So there you go. That's yeah. why I picked nice. it. That's why I was really, I thought, especially if you're counting to like the day. <laughs> if you're on the uh, day, you know, it's you're like, on the day. You're on the day. It's a, it's a, you, you know, you probably, you know, mm-hmm. you know. I've been, I've been trying to quit for about 10 years. And, uh, you know, oh, wow. I just had like a real, I had a real bad day and I quit. And, I basically just add up the months and cool, May fifteenth is seventeen days. So yeah, yeah, and uh, I mean it's like you you got a small tent going on right now. Uh, definitely got got slapped down for the outdoor unincorporated bullshit. I, that, that's the classic too. Now it's like if you're in the right. I mean, there's probably people around you that are doing it and just been there and who knows what. Yeah, you know, I didn't have much of a problem, but I had this neighbor who was like uh, Wilson from Home Improvement, always <laughs> sticking his nose over the door, but he never had any good advice. And uh, so I was, you know, I didn't want to have anybody coming around my house trying to you know mess with me so i got everything indoors right so i'm um, so you, you do officially have to tell us what the word of the of the month is even though in the, we, we 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 see you know hopefully but as long as you can remember that's the thing because now the pressure's yeah on. yeah what is it now? what was the what was the word of the month just for the listeners. um daily light integral 
That is it. Ding, ding, ding. Ding, ding. We do have a winner. We, we have, have a winner. winner. All right. See, we have to do that because otherwise people are like, well, you didn't say the I word. will forward your information off to Your information will be forwarded to the proper channels, yes. taken care of immediately. Cool. Yep. Which is the way to deal with it. So, uh, so, where, so what, you lived in England for a while, it looked like? What, from that from uh, Yeah. My, I was, uh, my dad was in the military, so I was, uh, I grew up kind of all over the place and i lived in england for about 10 years well yeah that's uh yeah that's uh, only a hop skip and a jump from amsterdam so i'm sure you went over there a few times yeah we yeah we hopped to the ferry that that time it was like right after uh 2000 it was like january early january and we just asked you for directions because you were like I think it was you anyway. Um, but what, I heard a story you told about like some uh, you how you used to dye your hair. Oh yeah, that was me. And we you know, <laughs> some guy. We, we yeah, there was like an American guy that we asked for directions to the gray area, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. he just told us like you better hurry up because it'll probably close soon. And it was kind of late, getting dark, and we got lost. Oh yeah, definitely. There's a lot of that going on for sure. Just like one one canal too far to the right, and all of a sudden you're fucked. It's like that. So. Yeah. Well, that's cool. And then um, uh, now, now you're now you're based out of where? Again? I didn't even see the, which part of the country you were at. I'm sorry. Were you based out of what, what part of the country? Oh, I was in uh, no, no, right near now. Cambridge. How about right now? Oh, though? right now I'm in Sacramento. Oh, Sacramento. Okay, cool. Uh, Sacramento County. All right, nice. So we're gonna get you uh, get your information to MTI, and uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's good to good to uh, help you out and get. Get back rolling again, you know? That's the way it goes. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I got a few of the skunk band uh, started from uh, Duke Diamond, so. Oh, nice. Awesome. I'm excited about that. Awesome. That's always always a, a good pick. We love Duke. His shit's fire, so should should be yeah. off to a good start. And, um, yeah, keep keep listening to the show. Uh, definitely. Sp- spread, spread the word, man. Tell him, dude, this guy's actually... I want something. We had we had a we had a slow we had a little uh, hiccup in the beginning because we were just like slamming them out winner 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 winner, <laughs> and uh, guys, guys are freaking out. They're like, wait a minute, these are going out every and they were going everywhere. So at first I saw right. I, I thought you were in England and I was like, oh no, oh, he's not. He was in England. All right, cool. So uh, well, nice fucking having you as a winner, and we'll we'll keep a uh, keep an ear out. Cool. All right. Cool. We'll definitely do. Thanks a lot, man. Peace. Right on. Later. I appreciate it. Oops. Sorry about that. So Scott, there you go. You got a winner. Get that. Get that info over to the crew. I will do that. And uh, look at how smooth it's smooth as silk. Yeah, and just shouting out Illuminar, man. Being Illuminar, <coughs> putting it down. So now they got a whole month. They can just chill out. And be like, Fuck you. not every yep. week. But yeah, so just make sure to check out their Instagram because they're gonna they're gonna be uh, up and up with it. So basically, so basically, Between here uh, and next month. So basically, Daniel was growing in his backyard for the last two summers. Uh, he recently learned it's not legal to have outdoor plants in unincorporated areas of the county. So he, things had to all go indoors, and having a one tent uh, and a short little one of that uh, significantly limits his yields and ability to preserve strains and really get dialed in. So looking at tents where you can expand is flower. Oh, this is a good, good little. Because I saw that um, Scott and those guys were like hooking up with all sorts of crazy shit. So nice. if, they're, if they're feeling like it, they maybe maybe there's some other tent. Maybe some other random tent just flopping there. 
Scott, Scott's gonna be like, I hate you, man. <laughs> now I have to do it. No, I don't have to do it. But in general, uh, talk to the guys uh, who contact you and see if you need whatever you need, and see. I'm sure you get some extra done deals, specials for the next bits and pieces that you need for your uh, for your setup. But in general, uh, a good. Uh, and then he said basically. Uh, Looking for lights and tents, expanded to veg, body exit, all those things that growers need. Ex- expansion, expansion, expansion. Yep. No, but nothing crazy. Small. Uh, but also that he said uh, he thinks he may, oh, there, I didn't see, I didn't read all the way through that. So he thinks that he might have even met you once. Now he made, now if he says colored hair, yes, it was me. It definitely wasn't Doug, and there was no other guys, guys with colored hair, man. Yep. Um, so uh, it was a lot uh, more it was more work for me than anybody because my hair's so fucking dark. It was like black hair. I didn't make it blonde and then uh, color. Shit was dead. Yeah, that was. My I had I had the deadest hair you've ever seen. Yeah, yeah, it was horrible. I had to deal with that too. A lot horrible. of orange hair because I didn't ble- bleach it. Oh yeah, because I was young and stupid. Young yeah. and stupid and orangey. Yeah, but uh, he, this is the guy who also he even successfully used it as local grocery store, which was kind of funny. The done deal. Oh, that's the one. So there this you is the go. guy. Oh, so, this is, so, so this is an all-in-one. Oh, it's an all-in-one. So he he knows the done deal. Yeah. He knows how much that works. Yep. He's felt the power. But thank you to Illuminar for the giveaway and uh, keep a, uh, follow them on uh, Instagram and write to us at info at Adam Dunn Show with why you need a light and your phone number so we can get back to you. Exactly. Exactly. So um, and also uh, thanks to uh, Al for calling in for a little bit short and sweet but you know at the same time we'll, we'll get a better conversation with him and and Mike and that sounds like it'll be a funny one with Al and Mike so there you go oh man that'll, that'll be a good one that's crazy something to look forward to yeah on a future Adam Dunn show uh, and uh, next week we will hopefully I'll be here we'll see you never know I'm on that never know patrol but if I am we will. Uh, oh, it's always oh, fish weekend. Oh, I had a great idea too for fish. I might as well uh, uh, fucking share it in case somebody out there who's in the oh, area. Because I looked it up. It's not that hard to do. It would be is I was because you heard it. Okay, so there's uh, the prairie dog fucking rabies outbreak, right? Which, yeah. Which already it's kind of like been going on for a long time. So there is a prairie dog. Uh, and you can just look this up. Look up Prairie, Prairie Dog Plush Toy and go to Images, right? Right. Just pull that up. Oh, I'm sorry. What are we doing? I'm sorry. Pra- Prairie, oh. Prairie Dog Plush Toy. Prairie Dog Plush Toy. Look that up. Pull it up. And there's like one for like eight bucks or something like that, right? Okay. So, boom. Of course, we don't have time now because I just thought of this this morning. This is what happens to me all the time. I always find things. All right. And then I'm always like, fuck, why didn't I think of this last week? So like uh, a eight. There's but like I had this idea today. Oh, this right. is on my way here. This is my this is my idea. Actually, it was a little earlier today. Something like before that. I came. I, I don't know. Well, seven bucks, eight bucks. Like yeah, that? seven yeah. bucks. Little yeah. prairie dog okay. conservation critter. Okay, so forget about the conservation part of it all because that <laughs> this would be straight up. <laughs> so my whole thing would be, uh, you go down there, you have sticks, right? And you take the sticks and you fucking hang these fucking prairie dogs off of them. Because everyone's not allowed to do their um, to do their shakedown street. Shakedown street. There's no shakedown time. street, and there's no uh, camping, so it's all fucking like, and it's all due to these prairie dogs having fucking black plague, right? Mm-hmm. Which is like great, just what we want, fucking the plague. I don't know if it's black plague or just the plague. I think it's the plague, but in general, 
sucks. But I think if you had a bunch of these and they were all headied out and tie-dyed up, <laughs> and had one that says dog, not dog, right, with a, with the with a T-shirt, with one wearing a T-shirt that says dog, not dog, and uh, get little T-shirts done. I'm sure they'd fucking bang those out real quick. Tie-dye T-shirts, bam, stab it on the top. Yeah. Fucking put some crystals, hang some crystals and some, some dre- dirty dreads on them and fucking sell them as fucking heady, heady dogs. Dude. And be out fucking front. That's a great and idea. Everybody, and I need to make so much money. I'd sell them for fi- I'd sell them minimum for fifty bucks starting point because mm-hmm. it started like it's if it's eight bucks here, you know, you got double that, so fifty bucks, boom. Yeah. Plus, you know, then you have the hundred dollar heady fucking one, the two hundred dollar yeah. heady one, the super crystal fucking covered, <laughs> perfect. Like four for a sheet of acid or something, you know. Yes, you'd be tripping <laughs> balls. Oh, you'd be so tripping balls, and you lose everything. You're like, dude, I lost them all, man. Fucking lost them. Yeah, man. But in general, and if you if you really had time, you turn them into little stash things, and you put zippers on them, and then you put oh yeah, all your drugs and the fucking, fucking drugs, and they carry it around. No one's gonna know. No, of course. I mean, you know that that would be the funny part is that everyone would think nobody would know, but everyone would know. Everyone would know. Of course. Yeah. They'd be like, oh, there's drugs in those fucking. Yeah, steal that prairie dog. Steal that prairie. <laughs> <They'd be like laughs> and it would go down, and it would be another fish catastrophe where That's people funny. would be like stealing prairie dogs. And throwing them around, oh, that's and a good all the idea. drugs would be inside, and it'd be like that's a typical night, those kind of things. Yeah, yeah like it was a great idea until everyone threw all the drugs around into the dance floor and like, stomped on it, <laughs> and you're like, no, that's all the drugs are in the fucking prairie dog. Aren't you kidding me? But anyway, I think you could crush it, especially if I sent Nick out, my seven-year-old, just yeah. pimped him out hard. No problem. Yeah, man. Anyway, on that note, that was my big idea on the way over to the shop. Over here. It's a great idea. uh, But definitely uh, heady heady dogs. Yeah. Heady dogs, brah. (laughs) 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 Heady dogs, brah. Oh, yeah, me and uh, Bob were talking about it, of course. Yeah. Bob and his girl. So I was like, who is I talking to? I'm so tired. Uh, But thanks, guys, for uh, for, for listening in. Uh, obviously, uh, thanks to all the guests, thanks to all the sponsors. Big shout out to my beautiful wife Cece and little Nick, who had four. He has four days off because he has Friday and Monday. Mm. It's like school ain't like it used to be, man. We used to never get this many days off. Nope. But he's lucky. So today he had off, and now I'm not around. They went to the botanical gardens. He brought his camera. I, we we gave him a, a, a proper like SLR camera. Oh, that, cool. That's an old one from Cece. So it was like here nice. you go. Uh, she just checked in right now. She heard me say her name. Uh, and <laughs> uh, so he's been in there taking photos of all the pla- all the flowers and plants and teaching Cece about plants. So it's good. Yeah. Nice. Nice, dude. Thanks, everybody. And uh, see you next week. And we'll see what's up with uh, guests. We'll just keep an eye out. You know me. Last minute guy every time. Last minute time guy. Uh, time. Time guy. Guy time. Yep. Later, uh, MTI, thank you for fucking up the beginning of the show. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to hold that against you forever. It's you know totally that. fine, man. I'm holding that against you. I'm holding that against you. I'll make sure it never See you guys next week. Practically every one of the records being played on every radio station in the United States is a communication to the children to take a trip, to cop out, to groove. The psychedelic check this is a special question.
We don't want you to smoke genetically modified ganja. We want you to smoke the real thing. We want you to smoke the natural herb. Some call it marijuana, some call it sensimedia, some call it lamb's bread, and some people call it 